Cool. Episode eight. Awesome. Um, today I have um longtime friend and um just uh, a good friend of mine, uh, David Akendo, yep. who is uh, a professional artist. He has his MFA from Montclair University. He is an educator. Uh, recently received his BJJ black belt mm-hmm. um, under Louis Vintolaro at Performance BJJ in Fairlawn. Fairlawn, New Jersey, right? correct. And uh, an interesting tidbit we'll probably get into is uh, our history. Um, we opened a little <laughs> clothing line together. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, we attempted something. Yeah, we attempted it way <laughs> back when. But um, yeah, I've known Dane for for a very long time. Um, like maybe, 12, oh, and 12 if years. Anybody, yeah, yeah, 12 plus 12 years, right? 12 years, yeah. So yeah, before we get into it, we could. Pro- I mean, I'm, I don't usually have food. <laughs> but we just <laughs> finished training and um, Dave got himself a smoothie. He already finished it, but... I, I got this, we went to this place called Fruitables, and um, you might hear me munching on it a little bit, so forgive me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I got, what was it called, the Jamaican bowl or whatever? But it's it's acai with a lot of... Just a no, 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 it wasn't acai, it it's was not, called pitaya or something like that, another thing. I don't know, but it looks good. So. It's sugar. Yeah, it's basically sugar, <laughs> which I need right now because I'm like dying. But... Um, I'm wearing uh, my tattoo artist, um, Sean Hannon. This thing is like 3XL. That's all he had left, but I wanted to rep him. So, uh, Sean, uh, I'm looking forward to finishing my half sleeve. So, <laughs> I'll see him in a couple weeks. But, um, yeah, and you're wearing a piece that you created, right? Yeah, well, I, I designed the, the logo in the front. So, I guess we'll talk about my work, I guess, eventually, but... Pretty much uh, uh, high school. Actually, we weren't really friends in high school, but I knew this guy. His name was Vladimir Petrick in high school. And we kind of sort of just kept in touch via uh, uh, social media. And he's in a, he's literally like one competition away from being a professional bodybuilder. Mm. And he really likes my artwork a lot. And like he's bought like the, like six, I don't know, like a lot of paintings of mine. Mm hmm. And he's like, hey, I love your calligraphy work, and I want you to, like, write grit in your sort of style. I changed it a little bit, so it actually looks a little bit like the word grit. And he made it and actually gave me one or two, so it's pretty cool. Wow. Uh, so it's kind of cool, like, having your work or having my work um, organically spreading, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. which is really nice. Yeah, it's like... People want it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm just doing my thing. And then people are like, hey, I like your work. Yeah. I like what you're doing. Come over here. I'm like, okay. Um, which is something that I little by little learned. But I guess, I don't know if you want to go with just yeah, the questions uh, or. Well, we'll, we'll, you know, run through the. Because um, I could just like talk. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I think that was a good intro about the shirt. By the way, this thing tastes like um, Fruity Pebbles. It was delicious. <laughs> so i guess first thing we could get into is a little history of you and me uh we met in church Mm -hmm. um during the campus like college days um you know i I know you're not you're not following that um faith anymore but um you know we stayed in touch we we kept you know um 
A friendship. A, a friendship, yeah. yeah. Um, and then you, <laughs> during that time, you also introduced me to jiu-jitsu. Um, yeah, that was a weird time for both of us, I think. <laughs> yeah. I think I told the story before, mm. um, but now that you're here, I can actually explain it. Cool. So... I mean, you remember, I was like, you're just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'll never work. I'm gonna show, like, I'm like, I'm going to show this guy what's <laughs> up. Like, all right, you think it's stupid? Yeah. Okay. I was like, I'll just knock somebody out trying to grab me. Yeah. Right. Um, and um, because of that, you're like, oh, you should just do a tournament. So, and to see if you actually can do it. And then um, I did Beast of the East 5. I think it was a grappler's quest. Mm. And it, I don't, I think I did the Nogi version. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I did, actually, I didn't do pretty bad. Like, I did pretty well. I went against that kid. He was pretty tough. He had a, I think it was one or two matches or just yeah, one match. I don't know. Yeah, I only had one match. Only one match. I lost my had, points. Yeah. But it was um, a good, it was a exciting. Yeah. Like, people started crowding around. <laughs> yeah, like, it was kind of crazy. What's going on? Yo, with this crazy. The white belts. I'm like, yeah. yeah. He was, they were like, oh, that guy's sandbagging. He's a cheater. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I actually was yelling. I was like, yo, this guy's sandbagging. And yeah. he was, like, he really was. It happens, sadly, way too much. In a lot of- yeah. Sandbagging, by the way, is when you compete in a lower division so that you can pick up um, belts or, yeah. or gold. So, so you just uh, get medals. It's just more guaranteed that you win, but you're kind of being uh, insincere with your skill level. Mm-hmm. Yeah um yeah and then after um you after that i got the bug and then you introduced me to brian because brian was training under lou uh mm-hmm. during that time mm-hmm. and then um brian being my coach um who you know had ricardo he was he was working with ricardo who made it to the ufc and then um you're like oh yeah he's got a fighter in the ufc he's got a fighter in strike force you should go to brian if you want to fight and i was like all right <laughs> so I remember at that point in my life, I didn't have any money. Like, I was getting broke. Yeah. Well, you weren't like, all right. You remember like, no, I'm broke. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> like, you know, you can, you know, barter. Yeah. You can borrow with the guy. I'll connect you with him. And yeah. Well, I called him and I was like, him. I'll clean your mats. I'll scrub your toilets. Like, yeah. whatever. And Brian was like, just come in. I'll let you train for free for like a month. After that, you got to get a job. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and then I got a job. I, I ended up getting a job um, in that month. But, um... Yeah, uh, you introduced me to Brian, um, and then we started a clothing line together, (laughs) which was, uh, yeah, not my blood. (laughs) And then, and it came via like a joke. It was like we were just. It was at the the uh, the sushi restaurant. Yeah, we were at a sushi restaurant. Yeah, my brother's um, sushi restaurant. The what was it called? I Um, forgot. Shogun, Shogun Twenty Seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 Shogun. I forgot. One of the shoguns, but yeah. um, yeah, it was like my brother was talking about his story. We got into a fight with four guys, and he yeah. knocked and he knocked them all out or whatever. It was like it was on Halloween. It was like he, I think he went to a frat house or something, and these four Teletubbies tried to mess with him. Yeah, <laughs> he a, like threw one off of the balcony. It was the weirdest story. Yeah, it was such a nutty story. He beat up all of them, and then he had blood on him, and he was like, "Whose blood is that? Mm. Your blood?" He's like, "Not my blood." And <laughs> then we were like. That sounds pretty cool. Like you yeah. put it put on a t-shirt and have like a bunch of blood splatter on it <laughs> and have NNB on it. And then that's where we began. I, I learned how to silk screen and uh, I was in grad school at the time. Yeah, you were in grad school and uh, I started a little shop and I made t-shirts for other companies, but we were we were like trying to make our own shirts and stuff like that. I mean it, it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like we, we went to a tournament 
we made that video. And that was like one of the tournaments where I got gold. Yeah. And I beat like everybody. And um, and it was a, this was when I was a blue belt. And then we were repping the shirt. We got, we got interviewed by like their local news. It got it was really interesting. Too bad I didn't go anywhere. Um, it's a learning but experience. It was yeah. It was a nice it was a nice time. I learned how to silk screen, which props to everybody that does that stuff because it's. It is a lot of work. It's a hustle. Yeah, it's a hustle. Yeah, you gotta work. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I always appreciate your artwork, and you know, it was stuff that I was like, man, we definitely can make something with this. You mm-hmm. know, it was always a cool idea. It just afterwards we we really sat down and thought about. It, I was like, this is kind of violent. Not my blood. <laughs> Like this is, this like, is who's gonna wear who's gonna these wear blo- this these bloody shirts? Like <laughs> it's just, they're just literally just blood not literally yeah. just bloody shirts, but they it was kind of mimicking <laughs> blood and so like this is a very violent bad tone shirt. We we shouldn't sell this stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of advocating, which is weird because uh, at the time it was like you know cool yeah tap out was out and yeah. tap out contract was, killer <laughs> yeah <laughs> all the, these like crazy you know brands metal militia yeah and affliction is all about yeah mm-hmm. but you don't see too much i mean i'm sure yeah, they're still available but um there's a lot now, now it's very grappling or or specific focused you know you get the the tight uh the rash guards and the tight combo with the matching you know shorts and stuff like that and um, a lot of stuff that's very geared towards either MMA or jiu-jitsu, yeah. you know, but, um, yeah, so that's a little history with, uh, me and Dave, um, but let's get into your art background, sure. right? And I'll probably be eating while you speak. <laughs> um, where did this obsession with art come from? Um, how did it begin? How did you know that this was something you wanted to pursue, um, you know, for, for basically the rest of your life? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's been many moments in your life where you're like, man, this kind of sucks. But you kept pushing through. You didn't give up. Um, like, how, how did that come about, this obsession? I mean, it's, it started when I was just a kid that didn't understand English, pretty much. Like, I came to, uh, I guess, the mainland United States from Puerto Rico when I was like two or three years old. Uh, Spanish-speaking household. Mm. Um Oh, and I didn't know you were you lived in Puerto Rico. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't remember there. I came when I was mm-hmm. like two, so it's, I don't have any memory. Uh, but I remember living in Patterson. My first memories of was me in this Patterson floor, and there's rats scurrying across my feet. <laughs> my dad just like running across and just like being the crap of this rat, killing it. And mom was like, "Don't kill that rat in front of the baby." And he's like, he's not going to remember. And that's actually one of my first memories. <laughs> and you remember. Yeah, I remember that vividly. Very vividly. And I asked my mom, did that actually happen? She's like, oh, yeah, that happened a few times, actually. I was like, oh, okay. So I'm not making that up. Um, Patterson's the hood. It's so. just, at the time, it was right next to a gasoline station, gasoline station that was, like, old and decrepit. So it was a very, it was a rat-infested, cockroach-infested, gasoline-smelling house. Uh, but... When you're a kid, what do you know? It's like you mm-hmm. just you don't have any context. But um, yeah, I mean, my parents eventually separated, and I was youngest of three. They didn't really speak. When I did speak, I spoke Spanish, but I didn't really speak much anyway. And I would just draw. And I remember being in kindergarten in Garfield, New Jersey, and then 
uh, this actually met after her parents separated. And then I actually did kindergarten twice, I did it for two years. Mm. And people are like surprised, like, how did you do kindergarten for two years? Like, well, because I didn't do anything. I just drew all day. That's all I did. I didn't even pay attention. I just drew. And I mean, it's a, it's a, a debate about learning disabilities and this and that, but they kind of asked my mom and we're like, they think that, and mom actually works in the that, in that field, so she actually was able to sort of like um what children with disabilities yeah yeah oh okay she's the lady that you know uh, observes children and says okay do they are they getting the help that they need I don't even know the exact title but she just makes sure that if there is a child that's sort of um, special needs that they're getting the help that they need mm. um, and she'll she'll write like the forms and all that and uh, corrects steps to do so she that's that was actually her cup of tea so it wasn't that hard for her to sort of acknowledge anyway but um during all that i just drew i just all i did was draw and color and draw and color i didn't really like and somehow i don't know how i kind of figured out my abcs and one two threes mm. during all that and how um, old was that i started speaking english i mean i think age seven so but for about two years, I didn't really talk to anyone. I just drew and colored. I guess early on, my mom, and the mom never told me, she, she did the, I guess, I don't like saying the right thing, but she did a noble thing. She never told me to stop drawing. Hmm. She just said, okay, do your, keep doing that. I mean, do you, your homework and this ex, you know, and all that. But she never said stop drawing. She actually pushed me to do it more often. And she actually gave me projects to do just for fun hmm. and i would cry like i can't do it it's too hard she's like do it you can do it and i'm like i can't i'm, cr I'm crying and <laughs> this is that sounds like like child abuse at this time if i could explain it if i love you mom but uh, she would say <laughs> you don't love me you don't you're not trying and i'm like i do love you i'll draw i'm crying like whatever whatever projects you have for me and then and then her friends would be like, that's really hard, Ida. Like, your son did that? He's like, eight. So, like, yeah, it's cool, right? It's like, that's really hard. Like, she's like, it is? Like, so she's not an artist, but she just knew how to push me. Mm. Um, which I is, can see that. Yeah, she just knew how to just challenge me. She knew how to, <laughs> she, you know, she's a mom, so she knew how to, like, press the right buttons. Um, I think some parents press the wrong buttons sometimes. <laughs> but, um, but that's where kind of, like, my passion for art uh came good that's yeah. my passion for art came was uh that and it, it's something that just kind of did naturally and i just enjoyed it. i never really stopped i think a lot of parents uh they <laughs> discouraged their kids early on and uh, i have a lot of students i guess i'm going to like me as a teacher i have a lot of students today where they would say i'll say hey so are you do you draw? Do you do art? Like, yeah, I used to when I was a kid, but I don't do anymore. I'm like, why not? I was like, well, I stopped because some some person told them they weren't. It was nonsense or it didn't mm -hmm. matter. Um, so it's um, you know, when you do something that you love, it's not really work. So it's kind of and you know, once you find something that you like, you you invest in it, you put in time, you get better, then you enjoy it. Then it's kind of sort of like positive cycle it's like mm -hmm. you just kind of keep doing it similar to jiu-jitsu it's like you find it it's something that you like you try it and you figure it out um and at that point i mean then growing up i never felt that art was work and it wasn't until around 
I started getting like awards, so like around middle school, I got awards like you know go oh, wow. yeah, I'll do like this art competition or this art show where you know kids will be invited to show work and you know it was pretty cool. It was really odd because like why are you making art a competition? But <laughs> like it's really odd. But um, and I remember in high school, uh, my teacher Miss uh, Galatio, I actually remember her name. Uh, I hope she's okay. I don't know where she is. Uh, <laughs> uh, she's she really encouraged me. She's like, you know, you can like major in art in college, right? I'm like, I can. I know that. That's cool. Um, um, so it's around middle school, high school. I realized I'm gonna go to. I decided around like freshman year in high school, or even eighth grade, maybe before that. I was like, I'm gonna go to Rutgers to get my BFA. Then I'm gonna go to Montclair State to get my MFA, and then. A handful of years later, that's what happened. Um, and it's kind of like, uh, I'm going to quote Dor- Dorian Yates. is like, you know, the people say like, you know, you put all your eggs in one basket. And he's like, well, I only had one egg. I only had one basket. So mm. that's all I did. So when you only have that one thing, you, you're going to put everything into it. Um, I think some people, I mean, it's a gross generalization. I'm not saying this for everyone. But like, if you're good at one thing, like put everything into it because that's all you really got you know yeah so i i knew i was an artist and i knew i can talk and the weirdest thing like as like from a kid that didn't talk at all that had i did several years of speech therapy the esl uh you know special needs classes and all that from not being able to talk at all to now like uh lecturing and at uh <laughs> I barred early college and now then teaching also at College of St. Elizabeth, teaching workshops through Rutgers, Newark, uh, Rutgers University, North Campus. So it's kind of weird going from a child that just, for the most part, kind of mute to like, yeah, nah, I don't, nah, I don't shut up. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also now teach, I also teach private lessons for jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. and... So I'll now my not profession, but I'll, I do a lot of talking, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of like communicating. Yeah, maybe back then there was probably a lot you wanted to say, but you couldn't, so yeah. it came out in yeah, your drawing. Yeah, um, I know. I know. There's plenty of times. So, so me, um, so my fiance and me. So she's really into art, and she's like, you know. I grew up, I didn't go to museums. I didn't, you know, do that. Yeah, I did that too. I went to museums and all yeah. that. So I didn't have that experience. <clears throat> so whenever I see these famous paintings, I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I'm not cultured like that. But she is. And she's very like, wow. And I'm just like, oh, that's nice. You know, and I remember uh, having a discussion with you about like, oh, man, well, what makes things art, right? Like. Um, that was frustrating. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, is that art? Is that art? I remember there was this thing where... Um, yeah, I was in grad school. I'm like, you're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went to one of your shows and I was like, this, this is art? Yeah. <laughs> this is terrible. I'm like, what is this? I'm like, Simon, shut up. Stop talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. That's yeah, funny. And but, retrospect is funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, well, now I'm, I'm getting a little more cultured because I'm a fiance and... Um, I'm starting to learn, and you know, you you're teaching me as well. I I, I think um, even Todd. Well, Todd's our friend. Um, he's he's a naturally gifted human being. Uh, probably you know 
could have been like the next whatever. Um, he could have been the next Ryan Coleman. He could have been <laughs> the next the Mike. The Mike Tyson doesn't matter. He's <laughs> it doesn't matter. Genetically very gifted individual. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We um, both me and Todd came from the similar background. We're like, man, what the heck? Um, this is art. And then you you had um blew our mind with the whole Michelangelo's ceiling. Sistine Chapel. Yeah, the yeah, six, yeah. Sixteenth Chapel. Where I legit. Sistine. Sistine, not sixteenth. Yeah, Sistine Chapel. That's where my unculturedness um, comes out. But I, I was so impressed by it before knowing because I was like, "Wow, he did this whole thing himself." Yeah. And you were like, "No, you had helpers." I was like, "Helpers." <laughs> I was like, "That's not impressive." Yeah, he had, he had assistants. He had several assistants. Yeah, yeah, so that blew both me and uh, or Todd and I's minds, and um, it came back to your artwork because you okay. So, so you do some crazy pieces, like you do like huge, gigantic wall, um, like murals, and just incredible, incredible things, and like. I didn't know that you had help. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Dave did this himself? Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, he's an artiste. <laughs> this guy's the man. And then, um, you know, when I saw Belmira, you know, one of your friends, yeah. um, and a couple other people helping you out, I was like, bro, what's going on here? You're cheating. You're cheating. Yeah. You're lying to me. Yeah, and then you're like, Michelangelo did the same thing. And I was like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, sometimes well, certain processes lend itself to <clears> assistance. <throat> like earlier on in my work, I did lots of cartoony like characters. Mm -hmm. That's where my the monk puppy alias comes from. There's sort of a half dog, half uh, deity. I'll put a picture of it. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's a pretty cool. And then I had other characters like Boomer, which is like this sort of Mickey Mouse mushroom guy. And. Mm -hmm. Um, the curious elephant, uh, and that's all I'm gonna say. It's a, it's, it's a curious elephant. Um, I explained the curious elephant to my to my uh, uh, students, and they're like, "What? You painted that? That's crazy." Uh, anyway, uh, so that those sort of characters lent because I was sort of uh, using the sort of uh, iconic imagery, and I wanted to make sure it was consistent iconic images so i just use a projector mm -hmm. so i was like you know i'll draw it i draw everything out clean it up with photoshop and then like project it with overhead projector just a big box old school overhead projector and so the point wasn't so much about like who like you know this is like my hand painting it the more i was more about the idea of yeah. this image mm -hmm. this icon yeah um and it's no different from architects you know, you, yeah, yeah, so it's, screeners, like, yeah, yeah, so you print the image, and then so I mean, I obviously, I mean, every mural I've done, I did 90% of it, but mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it's crunch time, sometimes you have only like 48 hours to paint something. Well, yeah, the, other, the most recent stuff that you've been doing, I know yeah. you've been doing by yourself, yeah, nobody else can do that, like, yeah, so so yeah, so like eventually, <laughs> I, I was challenged by a curator and friend, uh. Um. So, uh, I could, uh, yeah, I'll I'll name her because uh, it's not it's not a, I'm not saying anything bad about her. Her name is, <laughs> her name is Rebecca Jampol, and she really challenged me about the the whole use of the projector, um, in a positive way. And 
about you know it, that it could um, be limiting sometimes because mm-hmm. you're kind of stuck with this like tool and <clears throat> if it's like if i'm trying to paint something during the day i can't use a projector it just just won't work um so i uh, so i kind of limited my my work to just inside mm-hmm. as opposed to outside um so i was like you know what uh, I'll show you, you know, I was like, okay, well, and then, um, I kind of organically, I started getting into meditation and all that. And, um, this is about, I was kind of discovering other sort of like ways of worship and meditation and, uh, outside of Christianity. I mean, oh, I've been doing that already, but, and so I was like, well, what are connections between like different religions and different ways of meditating? It's like, oh, like, well, what's an object? I'm like, oh, prayer beads, like, mm-hmm. And um, rosaries, you know. From, yeah, I think one of my favorite pieces that you've done is the infinity yeah, uh, the, ros- uh, rosary, yeah. or the, uh, the beads. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that one. So there's like different, like, <clears throat> like Catholicism has rosaries, Buddhism has, uh, you know, the the beads. Even some sects in Judaism have knots. I know in Greece they have worry beads. So... It's almost always like some sort of sphere of mm. some sort, and these are all tools. And then I was sort of inspired by mandalas, and mandalas are sort of like temporary, like circular designs that, and they use in Buddhism. They're made of like colored sand and in chakras, and you know, just kind of just discovering new ideas of different colors and all that. So uh, <clears throat> at first, the beads are very like, spherical, like they actually look like spheres, like on a flat surface. They look kind of three-dimensional. And then little by little, it became more about the brush stroke. And it just became more about the line. And the, mm. and then it became very flat, almost completely flat. And um, that's where the whole uh, cartoon aesthetic went to, like, beads. <clears throat> and I, I always tell people, like, well, they say, wait, wait, weren't you doing, like, cartoon stuff, like, five years ago or mm-hmm. whatever? I'm like... And I would say, I, I kind of feel, my process is, I feel like it's a bit like a stand-up comedian. Even though I'm, I'm, I don't find myself to be funny at all. Uh, but even, however, I'm very much inspired by comedy. Uh, but a lot of comedians these days, they'll have like a special. And after their special, they don't like do the same jokes. They kind of scrap everything and then mm-hmm. they start over. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and similarly, I'm kind of the same. Like, after, like, a handful of years of painting the same thing, I kind of get restless. I'm like, you know what? You're evolving. I can scrap this. Mm-hmm. And if I want to do it again, no one's telling me, like, I, I don't have to just continue to do the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, then I, now I'm, try to say this, tell a story of how I got into the calligraphy? Um, actually, well, before we get into that, I wanted to know, well, actually, this all ties in together. Yeah. You can get into that um, as you speak. But I wanted to know how you came up with those ideas of the monk puppy boomer. You know, like, how did you, what inspired you to have those, like, creations in in your mind? Like, when I see the monk puppy, I mean, you did a cute one recently where you made him, you put him in a gi. Yeah. And he was wearing a black belt. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of um, cute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little cute um, monk puppy wearing a gi and a black belt. But um, in the overall idea of coming up with that character, like, you know, you don't just come up, like, I don't know, I, I, I can't just sit here and be like, 
oh yeah, I should come up with this thing. Like, what is the right. what was what was the inspiration for those things? Um, I'm very. Uh, I th I think. Um, well, it, it actually goes back to under as an undergrad student where. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I was so bad at graphic design, but I took a handful of classes. I was really bad, but I learned a lot in graphic design. And there's something in graphic, graphic design called a loaded image. And a loaded image is um, a great look. Like an example of a loaded image would be the American flag. Mm. It's loaded. As in like, if you, sh if you put it anywhere, it's like people have an opinion. People mm -hmm. like are going to have like, they recognize it immediately and they have an opinion almost immediately. Like a heart. It's a loaded image. Uh, Christ figure, you know, that's a loaded image. Mm -hmm. So I was really into the, uh, you know, uh, iconoclasts or icon, uh, um, just icons. Like, like, so most people they have like all these different ideas. Yeah. Uh, or I, or I can't say all. Most people I, I have these. You no, know, I'll. Was an undergrad student. I'll just like paint, and I'm have these layers and layers of abstract imagery and. People ask me, so what is it about? And I'm like, yeah, everything. It's like, it's about, <laughs> <laughs> it's about all my experiences. And it was hard for me to sort of explain what my art was about because <clears throat> I, it was very like abstract and kind of everywhere, very like Mark Rothko, very Jackson Pollock like. Um, however, I realized, oh wow, like I can create a symbol or, or an icon, and within the icon, it means all these things. And I can kind of collage those icons together or in, uh, characters together. Uh, I guess um, it's it's hard to explain. So, like Boomer, sort of my Boomer is like the uh, Mickey Mouse mushroom guy with this bite off his head. Um, he's sort of inspired by the idea of like mushrooms, obviously, and how mushrooms sort of uh, uh, supposedly. Uh, encourage the evolution of the brain of like early mm -hmm. ape like the whole the, it's called the the stoned ape theory you know sort of like and growing up christian you know uh, you know you kind of for, for me i was just kind of told this is what happened this is how everything started and that's that so I'm like yeah but what about this what about that mm -hmm. you know so it's more like a question like you know this sort of inspired <laughs> so that's why that boomer character has his arms out smiling mm. similar to like mickey mouse or christ arms out you know, sort of kind of saying like he's like the inspiration of like modern day like religion. Uh, the monk puppy was inspired by the trickster character, like Loki or the Raven or the Coyote, because um, the the trickster mythology isn't in any way Christian, and it's it's not immoral. It's amoral. It's like outside of morality. Mm -hmm. And you know, in the Bible, it's like there's there's there's, there's very little gray, is right and wrong, and there's even a scripture. I, sadly, I just forgot about like you know being lukewarm. Mm -hmm. Like you either, don't be hot, don't be cold. Like you're hot or cold. Yeah. You're not never. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. Be hot or be cold. Don't be lukewarm. Yeah, I'm gonna spit yeah. you out. So, and I was like, and the trickster sort of like outside of that is sort of sort of the guy that kind of breaks norms or he sort of challenges established uh, uh um, ideas mm. and so i kind of combined uh and then th this also stems from a, a chihuahua that uh <laughs> my 
<clears throat> stepmom has, and I believe that this show is still alive. But um, I would come into the, to my stepmom's house, and this chihuahua, her name was Lola, <laughs> would run up to me and start barking. And I'm like, hi, Lola. And I walk and I'll come down to pet her and she'll run away. And I'm like, what the hell's wrong with this dog? <laughs> and then she'll come back to me and then I start petting her and she'll run away. And so this dog constantly challenged me. I'm like, what is wrong with this dog? Like, does she want me to pet her? Does she not want me to pet her? And it's sort of like this weird thing. And I'm like, there's something here. Like, I don't know. I'm setting this trickster character as mythology. This dog is this little critter that's challenging me all the time, barking at me, but wanting my attention, but running away. Uh, so I kind of created a character, you know, and I was sort of also inspired by Buddhism. So that's why he's wearing like sort of a Buddhist mm -hmm. garb um, with the, you know, yeah, hands and all that meditating. He's meditating with his eyes are open. So he's, he's doing the meditative uh, pose, yeah. but he's not. He's sort of pretending he is. Mm. So it, it, he's a, he's a uh, it's called a therianthrop. It's very common in like um, Egyptian like hieroglyphs or like you know like uh, the the body of a man but the head of another animal mm -hmm. or something something like that. So mm. uh, that's where like the those sort of characters came from. And it, again, it's just a lot of reading, a lot of just inspiration. Like, hey, that's a cool idea. How do I paint something? Like, well, make a character, you know, like Bugs Bunny. It's like, mm -hmm. Bugs Bunny is a great example of like the trickster character. Um, so I may go on and on about like different characters, but. Um. Yeah. Well, yeah. So you went from there and then you started to evolve into uh, what you're doing now, which is calligraphy. Mm, right. Yeah. Um, and then, so what was, so the inspiration behind that uh, was you know, the curator she challenged you so you took on this new challenge yeah the i went down to the whole prayer beat series oh i'm sorry yeah yeah so you did you guys are the prayer beat series yeah and then um, and that's just simply due to just i'm just not gonna use my projector anymore yeah 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 so i was forced to use more of my hand mm -hmm. and and the prayer beats was just something you were thinking about yeah i mean it, I, you can tell obviously like almost all of my work is about some root yeah, in religion yeah. of some sort and then from there you got into this whole what you're doing now yeah which is uh you, all your most recent work yeah. is um almost a typography that you created yourself yeah um I mean, I don't know if you have a name for it or it's called metaphrase oh metaphrase okay. yeah that's what the, oh yeah that's right yeah <laughs> okay yeah um so you so what was the inspiration behind metaphrase then? How did you even how do you even come up with your own like Yeah, so you're really confused like what in the alphabet, world? Yeah. yeah, like who like um well I, like I was saying before, like I did take a handful of like even though I, I studied painting and drawing and all that, I at Rutgers they really push you to do other things get you outside your comfort zone. So I did do like typography and printmaking and all that and we literally you know write like letters freehand and it was very i was really bad at it actually <laughs> i was not good i was very driven like i was like i'm gonna figure this out yeah because it was like not painting at all mm -hmm. it was very much like draftsman stuff and uh, i did like kind of collect different like pens and stuff while i was there i was kind of always kind of doodle with them and had fun and i'll just sort of cut and this is uh and as an undergrad, I was just kind of play with them. I was just sort of just, I had no clue what I was doing. I, didn't, I don't have like 
uh, um, professional like uh, um, lessons in calligraphy. Um, but I remember I was working at a charter school in Newark and they just kind of work it to the bone. Like this is right after grad school, um, which was really, di really difficult. And, and we, I just didn't have any time to like paint anymore. I just didn't have anything to do. <clears throat> but I was like, but I have these calligraphy pens. I'm gonna see what I could do with these things. So I just started copying just like fonts. So I just started copying different <laughs> calligraphy fonts, like cursive and different styles just for fun in between my classes. And I'll say, Mr. Kendall, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just sort of writing calligraphy. What's calligraphy? Like, um, I don't know, but I'll <laughs> let you know. I was like, I just, like, I just started having, it, to me, again, it's kind of all rooted to just, I'm just having fun. It's just, just I enjoyed this process. It didn't feel like work to me. I didn't even really end, like think about this can be something. I just yeah. like, I'm just doing this for fun. Um, same thing with jujitsu. Just like I'm just gonna do this for fun, and, and things gonna be, and I don't have very good foresight, sadly. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then some time passed by, and I was like, I really don't like copying other like like styles. <laughs> like this is really boring. Like, and once I get bored, I'm like, I gotta change something. It's like, and um, I was talking to my friend Julio, and uh, he's a, a blue belt uh, that also trains with me. And uh, I was like sitting in the car with him and I was like, I have this idea. And he's like, what is it? And I'm like, I want to make my own alphabet. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, I just think it's really cool just to make your own. Like, why not? Like, who says I have to like, who says I can't do that? Yeah. You know, and he's like, that is so arrogant of you. <laughs> And I'm like, is it? He's like, yeah, but you should do that. Like, you could do that. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, do that. And so he's like, uh, I mean, as you can see, like, I'm, I kind of, I kind of work off of other people challenging me. You know, calling, saying, you know, going back to the projector being like a hindrance. You know, being called arrogant, but doing that. So, and I just said, hey, I'm just gonna make my own alphabet. And I and I obviously can't start from like nothing. So uh, this is a great book called uh, "Steal Like an Artist." Sadly, I forgot the name of the author, but I'll post it in the link. yeah. Steal Like an Artist is really good, and it's not literally stealing, but it's acknowledging that your ideas come from other places mm -hmm. and knowing how to use that mm -hmm. appropriately. Not just stealing. I'm not gonna like I'm gonna steal something, but like which I kind of already did, or which I already sort of kind of did just naturally, like appropriating different imagery, combining it, making it your own. But now I was like, okay, well, I need a, a like a starting point somewhere. So I just took like the two most, not most, but people might argue against this, but <laughs> very old, you know, uh, is this alone? No, it's fine. Uh, two very old like fonts or like ways of writing is like Hebrew and Arabic. Mm. Um, and since I was already using Gothic black letter, because it's a very just powerful uh, font. And also Gothic black letter is used in like, you know, diplomas. Oh, is oh used, it is, yeah. Yeah, right there, <laughs> You're right. that's Gothic black letter. Yeah. Is used in like, you know, passports, is used in, um, I would. Uh, wow, I didn't even green, green. realize that. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's very. It's used in a lot of different things. like important like documents. Like, look mm -hmm. at this important thing. <laughs> you know, it's like um, 
very decorative. I was like, this is this is also a font that seems very just noble, I yeah. guess you can say, or regal. <laughs> um, so I kind of just like got these three ingredients and kind of put it together, just smashed it together. And then uh, every year it changes. So, I mean, I started there and some people say, but where, I don't see the Hebrew. I don't see the, well, that's where it started. That's where like that, that was like, I literally got port parts and put it together. And, um, and then little by little started like kind of gaining traction and people started like reacting to it. And I'm like, okay uh this is, there's cool. some there's something here like that's cool um and people say hey can you paint that on my wall like you paint murals i'm like yeah but i'm thinking like oh no like can i paint that on a wall like this is different because it's like because i'm I writing have no projector <laughs> i have no projector so i mean i'm writing it small so i'm like so that was like a challenge and i i do everything freehand so mm -hmm. sadly um unless i I mean, don't, I only use it projector one time for this for the metaphrase series, and that was actually in Orlando, where like I projected the letters really, really big. So mm -hmm. we actually uh, use a like a paint roller. rollers. Yeah, I showed you a video before. We use the rollers, um, but other than that, it's for the most part, almost always like ninety nine percent, like freehand. always freehand. <clears throat> so no two murals are exactly the same. Even if I write the same thing, they're never yeah. the same. Because mm -hmm. I make mistakes, and that's fine, and you can't really tell. <laughs> <laughs> but I make a mistake, you can't really tell I make a mistake, because uh, I'm not saying I'm making it up as I go, but I give myself some leeway. Like, uh, I'm flexible with myself, I'm, or forgiving of myself. Um, and it's a balance between just um, legibility and beauty. It's mm -hmm. like, I want it to be beautiful and decorative, but also want it to be kind of legible. But not immediately legible because you can just read it easily. So, mm -hmm. but if I if I say hey, it's and that this is where I go to the titles of the each piece. The title of the piece is literally what the piece says. So, as anyone says, if anyone ever asks, hey, what does this say? It's there, like the title. This is the title. Yeah. And they're like, oh, that's a T then. Oh, that's an H. That's an E. Oh, that's the. Okay, and they can actually read it. Yeah. But once you kind of identify each symbol. It's actually not that difficult to read. Yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. So after, you know, you've done all these different pieces of work, um, like you were saying, it was getting traction. People were mm -hmm. starting to see it. Um, I know you did a piece for J JT Torres, yeah. um, who's, you know, world champion, uh, BJJ. Um, you train there quite often as well. Um Oh, not often. Well, not often, but yeah, you you go down there and you know randomly I'll visit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you did you know you did his. Um, he opened a gym in where was it? Uh, uh, upstate, New York. upstate New York. I forgot the exact uh, um, town. Yeah, but you did the whole hall mm -hmm. pretty much. Um, the entrance, we want the entrance. Yeah, yeah. And then um, you also did something uh, for that bodybuilder. Yeah, the hoodie. Uh, yeah. And and um, we might do more hoodies in the future. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. I'd like. To, I actually would like one. Um, <laughs> and then you also had a, or or Swiss Beats, um, found yeah. one of your artworks yeah. and took a picture with it. Yeah, he did a few Insta Instagram pictures. Yeah, and posts. that was pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean that wasn't the calligraphy series. That was a. Uh, um, the meta, that was in the metaphrase series. That was like the prayer beads. Oh yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But I, it, it, it can easily look like calligraphy. But um, yeah, I did a piece at the art factory in Patterson, in New Jersey, 
and there's uh, um, a colleague of mine, it was Matt Gosser. He's like, he kind of runs it and he's like, hey, there's a wall here. You want to paint it? I'm like, cool. I'll do it. Like, yeah, just, just for fun. Like, he didn't pay me out of pocket. It's like, I just did it for fun. Um, pretty big, maybe like a 15 by 15, maybe 20 by 20 oh, wow. foot, maybe or so. And like a week or two later, like, my friend Belmira, she like I think it was I think it was her or somebody else. Someone told me like, "Yo, Swiss Beats <laughs> is posting your work on his Instagram." I'm like, "What? That's crazy." And, and then, but the pro—I mean, not the problem, but the the bummer of it. Like he didn't like give me credit, uh-huh. which bothered me a little bit. <laughs> and so I, I sent them a message like, "Hey, dude, like I love your." music i love everything but like that picture that you just posted that's that's my artwork and then he he didn't even i mean i guess he didn't like directly apologize he just like tagged me Mm -hmm. and i think he did two or three different but it's it's, it was kind of odd i think this one of your questions but it was kind of odd like going from something that i just did for fun like i'm just this is i don't know what this is gonna yeah, happen i wasn't then, i wasn't thinking like hey this is gonna be a lot of instagram followers or that hey like yeah like i wasn't thinking like yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like a were, businessman yeah. i was just thinking i'm just doing something for fun and then like overnight i got like i, got, I went from like 300 followers and then i got like a thousand like, in, like, <laughs> <laughs> like i got like an extra thousand like within like 48 hours i'm like you're not even a pretty girl <laughs> yeah i mean i don't have a lot of followers till this day but i mean i don't instagram is i, I think too many people use instagram followers as a gauge of success but mm-hmm. um it's not always you know you can easily just yeah, buy yeah followers i just thought that was so crazy that i was like man he just did this piece and then boom yeah here it is you know and, and then you know now you're doing some pieces and um starting you know get discovered more yeah. um i guess i mean how how did that feeling how was that feeling it's like whoa um you know when jt asked you to do you know his uh his uh gym like actually it was the other around oh okay yeah like to be honest i would, like i trained with him back in like 2007 uh when i first saw him, i was like 21 or so he was like 17 uh maybe 16 i don't even know but uh which is this and we were about we're about the same size at the time mm-hmm. he's a little bit bigger than me now um he just he just grew up um <laughs> <laughs> he's bigger, way bigger than me now uh but at the time we we're probably the same size and his dad was really cool and he's like hey train with my son i'm like okay like all right kid let's train and he was really good and um like he was good back then but i can kind of sort of last you know i was able to you know hold my own a little bit because of wrestling I mean, wrestling and in high school and all that uh now he just destroys me it's like it's not even it's like crazy how good he is um but yeah i trained with him for a few years uh performance jujitsu and then you know he graduated high school he uh moved you know he did his thing he wanted to compete we world champion he did it you know abu dhabi champ all that yep um well, he became Abu Dhabi champ after he opened his school, but um, or while he did it, which is crazy. But um, he eventually ended up in California, is doing his thing. We kind of kept in touch here, you know. When he would win a tournament, I say, "Hey, congrats!" He just, you know, like, "Thanks, man, love your work," and he always liked my artwork. Um, but when he came back, 
I knew he was opening up a school and I, was, I just said, hey, dude, like, you like my artwork. Can I just paint something? Like, do you want me to paint one of your walls to decorate it? I don't, I don't know. Like, again, this isn't, this isn't, they didn't really necessarily come from financial gain because to be dead honest, um, I didn't ask for money. Mm -hmm. I was like, I, I, I think you're cool. <laughs> you're like, you're, so you're awesome. You're just awesome jujitsu competitor. You're Puerto Rican like me. You're just awesome. <laughs> you know, when I support each other, you know? And he's like, and he's really likable guy. I encourage everyone to go there. He's like a really great coach. Um, it's called Essential Jiu Jitsu. Um, and I said, hey, I want to paint. You know, we, 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 and I went into the actual school before I even opened. It was just like this, there's nothing. Yeah. Um, and we decided on the hallway, the entrance. Um, and, then I, and again, and I did it for fun. Took me like two hours to do the whole thing. That's crazy because yeah, it's like it, a lot of work. It was maybe like I can't mean forty feet. It was like yeah, up, up I couldn't the believe that it only took you two hours. To yeah, do but it was. They went to lunch. <laughs> they came back and they're like, "Okay, we'll be back." And then two hours later, two and a half hours later, they came back. They're like, "I'm done." Like, "You're done?" Like, "Yeah, <laughs> there it is." And they're like, "Wow." And I'm like, "Do you want me to add anything?" Do you and like, no. And it was like a Miyamoto Musashi quote. Mm. A bunch of just Miyamoto Musashi um, books of um, the five rings. Five rings. Yeah, yeah let's see three books of five rings. A bunch of random quotes of his. Oh, okay. Um, That's really cool. Yeah, and then um, yeah. So and going back to just kind of like I've noticed when I just do things out of love, like out of just like I just enjoy this. This is fun. It kind of goes full circle. It kind of comes back. That's typically how things yeah. happen, right? And, you do something for fun. And I guarantee, maybe this is why our teacher company didn't work so well. <laughs> but and I noticed anytime I think about making money, it almost always just falls short. Yeah. It, and it's not bad, but it, it, it becomes like robotic or static. Mm -hmm. Like this weird, like you're forcing a, a creative process and it's just weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, um, I do think about money and budgeting and like, hey, well, if I got to make a mural, this is how much it's going to cost. And there yeah, are logistical yeah. things, obviously. But I never really get it into a project thinking I can make money doing this. Mm -hmm. If it happens, great. If it gets some, some notoriety or some acknowledgement or something, great. But... Um, yeah, I just notice anytime I do anything out of some sort of like financial gain, it's not bad to want money. I'm not saying don't want money, don't want like it's great, but when it's like that, when when that's your motivation, yeah, that it it kind of gets kind of clunky. It mm -hmm. kind it, it 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 can even be like a negative experience. Yeah, uh, or it yeah. can be kind of a toxic experience if you can say. I, I don't like using the word toxic. But, can be kind of just eh. Yeah, yeah like, I understand. Weird. It, like the drive. It's like ah, this is work. Yeah. Like, this is like <laughs> uh, like uh, this is gonna this is gonna cost so much money and. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I was I just hey JT just buy the paint and I, I'll paint it great. And now I just I mean I don't train a lot there because um, it's a tough school. But whenever I can I'll visit. You yeah. Know, whenever I have the time because I'm a busy guy. He's a busy guy too, but. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um, so, where is your end game with your art? Like, where do you want to go with it? Where do you are you just gonna keep evolving as an artist and continue to do your work? 
um, you know, like, do you, you know, is your hope to become discovered by, you know, some rapper or some rich person? Like, you know, what, what, what are like, I guess as an artist, like how, how do you gauge your success? Like, how do you gauge whether, you know, I mean, well, there's one way where you, you know, I guess you get discovered by the public mm. and it's like, okay, well now I'm making tons of money, but like internally, I think, you know, there's like always that internal thing, right? Whenever we're pursuing something that we love, that it's beyond um, money or how many people recognize you or whatever. It's like this internal goal, like I accomplished this yeah. and that's all I wanted to get done, right? Yeah. Um, I guess like, do you, is there a goal like that in, in terms of art um, I, for I'll... yourself? There was actually, um, sounds like odd that I said there was, but I'll, I'll not connect jujitsu because this is a jujitsu <laughs> conversation. Um, I just got my black belt maybe about a month ago after it's almost 12, almost 12 years. Wow. I'm rounding up. So like 11 and some, and some months, but round up 12 years. Um, and I remember this sen sense of like relief. When I got it, like, I got promoted, cried a little bit. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's kind of emotional. It's like, oh. But I remember the sense, this, uh, this sort of sense of, like, this weight off my shoulders. Because mm. then I was like, oh, wow. I'm, this sense of I'm capable. This sort of sense of uh, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I just, not, I'll know I got to do, just do it. Right. So I think that's the one thing, at least for me as a black, I'm not saying you get complacent, but you realize, oh, like all this time where I was thinking like, am I doing it right? Mm -hmm. Is this really jujitsu or am I just like <laughs> gooning or am I just like muscling everything? And sort of like when you're an instructor, they've been knowing, known for years says, listen, you're a black belt. I acknowledge you as a black belt. It's like, oh, I can have fun now. Now I can just have fun. <laughs> Now I'm not thinking about getting promoted or mm -hmm. beating that other guy or this guy or not getting tapped by that guy or, you know, this big dude that's bigger than me. Like, oh, no. Like, it's more just I'm having fun now. Yeah. And I can teach. People have been I mean, I've been teaching private lessons for like years now since I was like a purple belt. But, you know, even teaching more often, I'd, you know, sharing jujitsu more often or really. I Now I actually set aside time to help the young not younger but the newer guys as opposed to before i was just like yo forget those guys <laughs> i'm trying for me and i see you know i'll just see this, this you know big blue bell or white bell like i'm gonna destroy that guy you yeah. know but now i'm more like i just want to have fun and i've been actually been just in a month just having fun as actually i mean i'm challenging myself obviously i'm not not challenging myself but the fun part is sort of like I'm training differently. Yeah. And I don't have that monkey on my shoulder like mm -hmm. this guy watching me. Am I doing it right? I mean, Lewis still corrects me. If I mess up, he's like, hey, you're doing it wrong. It's fine. I'm not, but I'm not, I don't hold on to that. I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. like I did it wrong. But to answer your question about art, um, my goal as in, like, in academia was to get my master's degree. Um, and then in, in studio art, that's a, that's a terminal degree. Like that's, there's nothing else after that. That's as, that's as far as you go in that academia. 
And so, at, like, similarly, it was the same kind of sensation, um, like getting my black belt was, even though this was like back in 2012, um, like it was the same kind of sensation, this sort of relief, like, at least according to, you know, the powers that be, you know, they, they're saying you're capable of being an artist. You, mm -hmm. you, you spent years, you know, perfecting your craft. Now go do it. So to answer your question, my goal was to get my master's degree. Now, after six years out, seven years out, um, I'm just kind of just having fun. Yeah. And I mean, I do have like goals like, hey, I would like to show at a museum. I'd like to show at a, this, you know, a particular uh, gallery that um, I won't, won't name. But there's a particular guy I have my eyes on in, in Chelsea, New York. You know, you know, I have goals like I want to show in L.A. I want to show mm -hmm. in Florida. I want to show in New York. I want to, you know, so I have these little goals like, you know, locations I want to show at. Um, but I don't necessarily have this uh, sense like, hey, am I successful? Like, yeah, you got your black belt. Like you got. Yeah. Your like, NFA. yeah. So it's like I feel like I already am successful. Now I was just kind of having fun with that sort of success. And whatever financial gain or notoriety or um i don't like saying the word celebrity i don't want that at mm -hmm. all but any sort of acknowledgement of that that's great it's even this icing on the cake as long as i can kind of like break even at least when it comes to financially mm -hmm. um or in just do what i want to do is great like it's it's sort of so it's kind of like uh yeah it's I don't know if I answer your question, but no, no, it's. I think it's very interesting um, to think about, like you know, at the end of the day, like what the heck is success, right? Yeah, like um, you know, there's there's like external success, which you're trying to, you know, uh, show people or whatever. Um, but I always believe that there's this internal um, success that only like. What, when we achieve it ourselves and it's yeah. something that we've internally have accomplished only then can you truly like feel at ease or at peace or in a sense not, yeah. you know what I mean like like you said like there's this monkey on your back that says you need to finish this yeah. right and you need to get this done and you know I mean even with this um, podcast or this video you know this video series that I've been doing for the longest time like oh I know I have to do it. like this is this has to be done not because of I could care less about you know um, if if I become like a big you know um, person or yeah. whatever right um, but I know that there has to be people out there that were struggling like I was and the whole premise was to you know I got a lot of advice I got I got tons and tons of people that helped me along my path you know, that got me out of those dark times, you know. And for me, this was a project where I'm like, the wisdom that I received from these, you know, different people, why not have them share it, you know, with the with the rest of the world? Um, because there has to be somebody out there that was struggling in my shoes, you know. Yeah. Because um, nobody's perfect. We, you know, we, we, the day-to-day -day people, you know, the people that aren't the one percent of the one percent, like, you know, we go we, we go through the grind every day, right. you know, and um, some people they don't know how to 
get out of a funk or whatever. Right. So it's like, hey, this is how I did it, and this is the person that helped me to get out of it. Right. You know. Um, so that was the monkey on the back. Was like, hey, you got to get this project done, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Which can be a positive thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very positive. If it drives you, hold you down, it's great. It's this annoying thing that's just like, you know, you got to get it done. If if I didn't have that monkey in my back, I wouldn't have become a black belt. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. And then same thing with this. It's just like, I finally got the rhythm, you know, and I'm finally getting the, you know, you are episode number eight. And, you know, my, my goal is to get 13 episodes in. Um... And then, you know, release it and whatever happens with it happens. But I will, you know, that internal, like, goal has been satiated, you know. Right. I've done it. And the monkey. And you're you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the monkey is now off my back. Whatever happens after that, you know, whatever. I can care less. You put it on the universe. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So the, you know, the, the, the. Whether I obtain anything from it or obtain nothing, it it doesn't matter at all. But knowing that internally I actually said that I was going to do this and I did it is like, okay. Yeah, you had a thought. It became a thing. Yeah. And that's that, exactly. that, that, that's the reward in and of itself. Yep. And then from but, there, you could probably accomplish even more, you know, yeah. because you did one thing and now you're able to do even more. So I, I did want know. to speak about... Uh, I think you mentioned depression or uh, some uh, emotional turmoil. Like, yeah. I actually didn't talk about how I got into jujitsu. Oh yeah, yeah how did I you want... get into it? Oh wait, actually, we're gonna get into that. Are we? Are we? <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. um, so before we get into that aspect, cool. the last question for Art is: What advice do you have for the younger generation that are trying to get discovered or trying to, you know, um, you know, make art? um be creative be be a creative yeah be creative what and, uh, what advice do you have for them um I, my advice is you have to put in the time mm-hmm. you just have to you have I have a lot I have, no, I have a good amount of students that i've taught for six seven years now in art and i have a lot of students that are very skilled and very talented but they just think it that's gonna get them by and it's not like you can <laughs> it's just your skill and talent goes so far it gets you in the game but it doesn't get you that's it, it. get the touchdown you're not yeah you're gonna get in the game but you're not gonna do very well but you have to put in the time you have to put in that you know mat time you have to grind mm-hmm. um and art is not I mean, if you want to be like an artist, an artiste, like an actual, like show art and galleries and all that and commissions and murals and all that, you have to network with people. Yeah. The whole idea of like the whole recluse artist that's in this corner and thing is like, that's like, you're romanticizing it. Like we don't just, artists don't just drink wine and eat cheese. And, <laughs> like, we don't. <laughs> Like I only look like, in like presentable like once or twice a year when I have an art show and I actually try to work something <laughs> nice, but for the most part I'm grinding and like yeah you're always covered in paint yeah you always got I, like your I'm, jeans my, ripped up and yeah my fingers have paint them like I have disgusting 
hands just because you're jiu-jitsu and, and painting but it's like you have to put in the time the studio time you got to put in those hours you know have goals like i'm going to do a painting a week or a painting a month or i'm going to do 10 drawings a day or you, you have to put in the studio time and also you have to put in the networking time i hate that we're using the word networking but it is like you're not in a vacuum like mm -hmm. use social media as a tool so i uh social media is like fire you can either like warm your house with it or you get burnt down might as well use it right yeah so to like not post dumb things and look like a complete fool using social media <laughs> use it to promote yourself like you know people want to like use Facebook or Snapchat and whatnot, as opposed to just posting a selfie of yourself. And I'm sure if you're an attractive individual, you get a lot of followers, but like show substance, like, you know, or and go to galleries, show your face. Emos are great, but people can easily ignore emos. But once you get face to face with somebody and say, hey, um, Dave Okendo, um, you know, I'm interested in showing art here, it's, they may deny you, it's tough, but you're present there yeah. um same with jobs i remember every single job i've gotten or not every but half the jobs i've gotten were either through network where someone vouched for me mm -hmm. said hey this guy's awesome hire him or i walked in and i i got my current my one of my jobs at college st elizabeth this way where i was showing art in one of their group shows and i told the head um of the department and I, I said I want to work here and she's like okay and she hired me as opposed to hey I'm looking for a job <laughs> are you guys hiring one's an assertive stance one's yeah. a passive stance one's like eh, help me I want food or like no <laughs> like I'm hungry give me some food right now so so I remember anytime I kind of say, hey, I want to work here. I want to uh, work at your institution. I want I want to show artwork in your gallery. Not, hey, are you looking for artists? Like, mm -hmm. of course we're looking for artists at the gallery. <laughs> like, of course they are. But it's sort of kind of how you establish yourself, how you sort of present yourself. Not like you're overly aggressive and like, not that, but yeah. you're kind of presenting yourself in a confident manner, in the, you know, not literally their shoulder, you know, with their head up high and shoulders back, but like in attitude. Like you yeah. have to, um, you have you have to be. I mean, if you notice a lot of, um, uh, lack of a better word, successful like musicians are very just like, I'm awesome. Look at me, and it's obnoxious, but. There's something there. Yeah. You There's know? a reason why everybody. There's does a reason that, yeah. why they're like famous. I'm not saying you're one. I'm I'm an artist to become famous, but like they're in the you know in, in the uh, like people know them. They, they you know they they're seen as quote unquote successful. Yeah. Right. And they're very boastful. They're very just like um look at me I'm awesome and they're like I guess you are awesome. Look how awesome you are. You know what I mean? <laughs> Follow. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, yeah. you know what I mean. So it's you. You have to. Sometimes you have to say, "I, I am an artist." Sometimes you can't wait for someone to tell you that. Mm -hmm. um, you just know that you are. 
but yeah so yeah you have to, i don't know if i, I kind of went off but no, you, you gotta no, put in the you. time you yeah. gotta you gotta put in the time you gotta network you gotta grind and you and gotta then once you get there you gotta, then you, assert yourself yeah then yeah. You, once you sort of build your resume with just and be be an assistant you know ask someone hey i want to be your assistant i want to be i want you to mentor me like yeah like it's it's all and don't burn your bridges at least not in mm. your at least not in your side and the jujitsu world it's very big it's very big but it's very, very small. small yeah it's very big it's like when small. we first get into it it's like this is huge look at all these people like yeah. oh my gosh but then when you start talking to people it's like like hey i know them oh, i know yeah. them and i know them like i remember when we saw lovato jr oh yeah, yeah, yeah he walked in like yo who's that guy yeah that was a crazy story and then like you know like what eight years later he's like he's the w- crazy yeah. strike for his fire and i guess shook, i shook that guy's hand like bellator bellator yeah um, i shook that guy's hand like 10 years ago <laughs> yeah like, Dude, you're awesome uh you know what's crazy so at the beast of the east five like, which you competed. Which I competed. Yeah, that was the first competition where I thought jiu-jitsu was stupid. Uh, yeah, Rafael Lovato Jr. walked through the door. I didn't ha- I had no idea who anybody yeah, was, either. whatever. Uh, I didn't know much about, you know, that world back in that time. But he walked in. He had this hoodie on. And I, I don't know what it was. I saw this aura, like this thing around him. He's and like, I was like, like samurai. I was like, yeah. Who is that guy? I was like, this guy's going to beat everybody. He could beat anybody in here. Yeah. And he did a super fight. It was like a four-man tournament. Yeah. And he destroyed everyone. Yeah. Um, it was a super fight. Um, he did. There's four guys he beat both the guys yeah like, so yeah and um it was it was a it was like a super fight actually the whole tournament had to stop yeah the whole thing just the whole to thing. watch their yeah. match so um that was when i discovered Raphael, and i was like this guy is gonna be i mean he he's probably like the best guy in here and could beat everybody the best i think our he's probably the best american jiu-jitsu practitioner today yeah yeah you and know. then now 10 you know Eight years later, I, I'm seeing him, you know, compete all over, and I'm like, I saw him back. Yo, I like I saw guy. him face to face, you know, like, and it was so incredible. Um, but going back to like asserting yourself, like he didn't verbally say anything. No, he just had. He this just kind of walked aura, in, and man. everyone just like, "Who's that yeah, guy?" Yeah, he just like, had this aura. He just walked in and was like, "I can beat." every one of you in here yeah. and that, he didn't say that but no, you could tell by his confidence tell. yeah his, he just walked in his determination he had his hoodie on he mind his own business yep and he had a i think he like he like a protein bar or something <laughs> and like, i don't <laughs> and know like, ready I, to go and just kill everybody i mean everyone knew who i guess i i didn't even know who he was either but yeah. it, going back to just that it's like you need that like mm-hmm. not need it but it's very it separates you. It helps you. Yeah, it separates you from the rest. Yeah. It's the 1% of the 1%. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's now dive into your martial arts background. So, you were talking about before, like, you didn't get a chance to talk about it. Um, yeah, we, how did you begin on that journey? I know you said you started with wrestling, mm. and you got into BJJ, and then I don't know if you did... I know, I know you also did a little bit of Muay Thai. Um uh, for about two years. W- yeah, you uh, under Augie. Augie, um, I actually did a T-shirt for him. Yeah, he um, did. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. And um, he he's he's got uh, a fighter, the, the, that girl who's like killing it. She just got signed, right? To um, yeah, that pro some pro MMA. 
I think. Think Invicta. I forget the name. Was it Invicta? I don't but, know. Yeah, she's I, killing it. She's sad, beating sad, the crap out of everybody. Sadly, I forgot her name. I met yeah. her once. Really nice girl. Yeah, um, she's beating really the young, mess really nice. out of everybody. But um, yeah, so he beat. She won the Eddie Bravo. Yes. Uh, yeah, she won EBI. EBI. I forget which one. Um, Dang it. There's like the one of the most recent ones, I think. Um, but yeah, she's just there's. She's going on a tear right now. Just killing it yeah for her name thing yeah <laughs> but um I'll, I'll probably post it or whatever but um was there anything else you did prior to that did you grow up doing anything else and then how no. did you get into well growing up uh again youngest of three of the older brother and older sister and my brother is actually and my sister pretty close to me like in age my brother's only 13 months older than me which is crazy yeah because i think he's like 20 years old <laughs> yeah he looks significantly older <laughs> he has this like demeanor <laughs> well we have different um this is a side note we have very different like professions i'm a teacher and yeah. artist and he's a cop he's and a, a military cop <laughs> as, as a civilian cop he's also a cop in the military yeah as both very stressful jobs so. yeah, he's a very like serious dude yeah so it's um you know it's a t it's a tough job so mm -hmm. it's stressful so that can age you so that can definitely age you a few years even though we're like, 13, 13 months apart i can't believe that 13. when we're next to each other you're like <laughs> you look 25 and you look <laughs> 35 <laughs> and we're like nope 32 33 um, but yeah we're really close in age as, as well as my sister and my mom Anytime my brother did a sport, I did the same sport. Mm, um, okay. So we did basketball, I did basketball too, you did football, I did football too. It's did like, you play basketball or football? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I wasn't good at all. I was terrible. <laughs> oh, terrible. Any, 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 it sounds weird. Any team sport, sport with balls, like, <laughs> I'm not great at all. It's like, just chuck, like, the, actually, that's not true. The one sport I was actually pretty good at was baseball. I was oh, actually okay. pretty good at oh, baseball. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty you good. You got the Latin jeans. Yeah, Puerto Rican <laughs> jeans. But yeah, I played baseball very young age. Actually, when I didn't play baseball in high school, my family was like, "What? You're not playing baseball?" Like, nah, wrestling. So you could have been like a ML you could have made it to the MLB. <laughs> yeah. But maybe your brother. Your brother was supposed to be really good, right? He was really good at baseball. He was, yeah. he was really good at baseball. He was like really good, I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, I don't know. But it's, uh, what? <laughs> Eggs in a different basket. Yeah, but so, um. He, we had a friend in church and that wrestled. His name was Hosnick Martinez, I believe his last name was. And he wrestled and my brother was friends with him. And sophomore year, and for his year, sophomore year in high school, and I was a freshman, he's like, I'm gonna wrestle. I'm like, okay, I'm wrestling too. It's <laughs> like, it was kind of like, a, he just said, we're gonna wrestle. Like, okay, we're gonna start wrestling. And I immediately loved it. It mm -hmm. was like, oh it's me it's like they just tossed me in the deep end it's like okay just jump in and i noticed very early on what helped me what helped me get in stay in wrestling was me being i mean you gotta remember i was like 115 19 pounds <laughs> yeah i'm not, not a big person i'm still not a big person um so and I'm like, wow, wrestling, I'm not, you know, I'm thinking Hulk Hogan and like these big That's what I, yeah. Yeah, guys. I didn't know what wrestling really was. And I'm wearing like, you know, a singlet. I'm like, what? I remember What's when I on? did wrestling in my freshman year, my mom was like, are you crazy? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be hitting each other with chairs and jumping on. I was like, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, it's weird. But <laughs> I got into it and I just, I got, I fell in love with wrestling really early on. But what kept me in it? 
was the fact that I would see these like really athletic guys that just looked like uh, like like I don't know like superhuman like I don't know that these like seeing a 17 year old guy kid that's 200 pounds solid yeah. muscle just vomiting in the corner he's <laughs> quitting he's like oh like they just seeing the kid walk out and I'm like and I just keep going I'm like okay yeah. uh-huh. and I'm like I'm tougher than these guys. Like, these guys are wimps. Like, and I'm, you know, so I'm just like, this is a fact that, oh, wait, I'm, I'm tougher than I think. I'm yeah. thinking I'm just some little wimp because I'm not big and huge mm-hmm. or, you know, I don't have this sort of presence. Um, it's the iron will. And it kind of kept me there. I was like, I just kept, I kept on doing it. I look over, my brother's still there. I guess I'm still doing it. And, you know, so he did it for three years. I did it for four I tried to do club wrestling in college. That kind of fell short. But um, I wasn't the best wrestler. I just, I just, I just lasted longer. I don't know. I wasn't the best. But those guys are way more talented than me. Like region champs, and you know, I just, you know, was just I wouldn't leave. I wouldn't quit. So mm-hmm. it was kind of annoying for other guys, I suppose. It was, it was a great experience, great team experience. But it helped me realize that. Um, teams are great and being a team player is awesome however like i guess in i guess to say in life it's like it's you if mm-hmm. you don't get things done nothing's gonna happen yep. like it's just not gonna get done you can't and if it if you fail like in wrestling you're in the middle the guys across you there's referee if you win you win if you lose you lose yeah. like it's nobody's fault you, you can't be like but so and so didn't catch the ball. Like no, like there's no ball here. It's like this guy beat you, or you beat him, and and also sportsmanship. It's like when you're in the middle of that mat and you have poor sportsmanship, it's like people see it. Like you're it's you're right there, spotlights on you. So you're sort of you learn you learn to check yourself. It's mm. like you learn to. I'm not saying be fake, but you learn to be like. Well, yeah, control your emotions. Yeah, right? like you get keep, keep yourself in check. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's uh, so many benefits to wrestling. Yeah. outside of just physical. Yeah, so it was this sort of thing of like, oh wow, like, um, sort of this weird life lesson, like, and, and the whole idea about like hell in the training room, heaven on the mat is real. Like, if you don't put in that time outside of the wrestling room, running dieting all that you're gonna embarrass yourself like you really are like you're wearing these tights with this thing on your head like you're gonna embarrass yourself so you better put in that time and it's true if you if you when you put in that time off the mat and anything like when you actually when it's time to show up it's like awesome it's like the best thing ever like same thing with art. The reason why I can paint so easily is because I'm practicing writing all the time, right? Like, so you got to put in, so all this kind of connects. But then moving on to like jujitsu. Um, so wrestling was sort of this great thing to keep me like in check. Like all my aggression, you know, I was a Christian at the time, all my all my emotions were like in wrestling like i put all my energy into it so when i got home like i was just too tired to be upset about anything you're just dead tired Mm -hmm. um 
you just nothing bothers you you're just like oh someone says it, i don't care like <laughs> like <laughs> like oh okay i'm just i'm gonna Whatever. go eat i'm gonna eat a salad now all right <laughs> um <laughs> and then so having that very regimented like life for like four years in high school was it kept me it kept me straight yeah. and narrow you know especially as a christian at the time but um when i got into college i tried wrestling it kind of didn't really work out just this in and out i was like i wanted to be an artist and i'm like i'm, I'm yeah, an artist not... and it's like but i want to wrestle but like i don't aspire to be anything mm-hmm. uh, but so i stopped wrestling and then college is tough because then you know when you're in high school like i was told you're the best artist ever you're the best here's all these awards and now you're in college and everyone <laughs> in your major is good yeah. like it's not you're not the best anymore you're just another artist another aspiring kid and they, you know, like a great example is Whiplash. This movie called Whiplash um, about a drummer. And oh, I see. Yeah. And it's like that was for me like college, and specifically my mentor who I, I love. She's awesome. Sadly, she's passed away, but she was like that to me. Like, where are your three drawings? I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like tough. It was emotionally draining, and actually fell into like severe depression. And I'm like. I want to be an artist and like I'm 21, like 20 years old. I have nothing. And I don't, I didn't work out at the time. I didn't have any sort of physical like outlet. Outlet. Uh, All my emotions are like on the canvas and which look like crap. So like, like I'm like, um, and then I just found this crazy depression. And luckily I'm like lucked out. Like I didn't fall into any sort of substance abuse. But I would be lying to you if I didn't try to take my life at least once or twice. And mm-hmm. that's a legit thing. I, you know, I'm lucky to be alive because I was... Actually, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. And, you know, the uh, probably only... I'll try to say it without crying. But probably <laughs> the only thing I'm happy I failed at. Yeah. You wow. know, probably the only thing I'm happy I failed at was not killing myself. Yeah. Uh, or attempting and failing. Yeah. Um... Pretty much, I was, you know, it was um, just a regular. Actually, I remember it. It was uh, July first, two thousand seven. Mm. Wow! Yeah, I've known you for a long time. It was July first, yeah. two thousand seven. Was the day I actually attempted suicide. Yeah. And my mom and my sister were actually in Puerto Rico. And my brother was like at work or something, and I just decided, and I, you know this, um, that I was not doing well at all mm-hmm. in my faith and as a Christian in God, um, really like struggling. I was like, it, everything was just like, not, <laughs> everything was falling apart. Yeah. Like, I want to be an artist, but I'm failing at it. Like, I'm, I'm an athlete, but I'm not doing anything with it. Like, mm-hmm. what's going on? Yeah, and sadly, I mean, in retrospect, I can kind of, like, smile about it and make light. But, I mean, it is a serious thing. But then I just went to the cabinet and I just grabbed a bottle of, like, pills and just swallowed them. Yeah. And and then, um, I don't know, I luckily I was not able to keep them down. I eventually vomited it up and I was like, what did I do? Like, yeah. what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and... And I'm not the person that takes, like, I don't really take drugs. Like, I don't, like, when I have a headache, I'm not taking anything. Mm-hmm. I just drink water. Like, I'm fine. 
Um, and that was a really surreal experience. And then at, at the end of the night, I kind of passed out in my bedroom and, and naked and, and <laughs> sweating. And I don't know, it was not a good scene. Yeah. And my brother came and was like, are you okay? And I'm like, I think so. I'll be fine. And then he's like, okay. And then the next day he's like, I'm going to compete in a jiu-jitsu tournament. I want you to help me train. And I don't know if he did it on purpose. I don't know if he meant to like help me. I don't really know. I never asked him. He just said, I'm going to compete in a jiu-jitsu tournament. I'm like, what's your jiu-jitsu? He's like, it's like wrestling. And I want you to help me train. I'm like, okay. Mm. So your brother started before you did. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, my brother, yeah, my brother started. A, a lot of my like sports things are through my brother. Like mm-hmm. he, I don't I think he knows this, but... I just kind of did what he did, you know, that's that. Um, I wish my brother did it. (laughs) I mean, and I'm not in any way uh, bad-mouthing my father, but he didn't really, you know. Yeah, he was. I'm not saying my brother was my father, but I'm like, he was the closest thing to a male male figure, figure, even though we were only a year apart. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, if he does it, I'm doing it too, you know. Um, So I went to... We trained a little bit in the basement in a mat that we had. Uh, didn't know what I was doing. I was just kind of wrestling him, and he's doing these like he's pulling guard and choking me <laughs> out. I have no clue what's going on. Um, and you know, so after like a week of doing that, he goes to I think it was a grappler's quest. Uh, it was a very small division for him. I think he like had two matches and he won and he had a medal but he's like oh, okay. but my brother was like he didn't really care about medals mm-hmm. he's like whatever like to him is more just like competing and getting that challenge and then i see this like five foot six five foot seven like guy with just hair just like curly hair like me I'm like who's this guy like very unintimidating guy and but people are like turning their heads and they're pointing at him like like not like not not the same reaction like Lovato Jr. Like where everyone just saw him. Yeah, song. Just like, whoa. But and I found out it was Marcelo Garcia. Oh, and, that's crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, crazy. who's Marcelo Garcia? I had no like I had no. Con- I'm thinking, you know, for me, I'm going. I come from wrestling. So I'm thinking Dan Gable and yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, the greats. Yeah, like th- those guys. Like th- to me, those are the guys I look at that are, are I grew up admiring. Mm-hmm. You know, Kale Sanderson and all them guys. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I was like, all right, who's this Marcelo Garcia guy? He's like Marcelo Garcia, a super fight again. They oh, they cleared everything, cleared everything out. out, and they did a super fight, and he had like he'd be like three guys. <laughs> And one of them was Gregor Gracie. I remember specifically. I'm like Gregor Gracie. Isn't that like what we were training? Greg Gracie, <laughs> Gracie family. Like isn't that you know? So I mean, Gregor Gracie is so, is so legit. Um, and I'm like this five six guy who isn't very big. Um, and I'm and in wrestling, there's like weight classes and yeah, all that. Mm-hmm. This was like absolutely no. These are he's, yeah. he's like obviously the smallest guy, and he's destroying everyone. And I was like, I gotta learn this. Like, <laughs> this is amazing. Like, this small guy just just taking this guy's back and just choking mm-hmm. them out. And I'm like, I gotta learn this. I know some people have their stories about, you know, I saw UFC one and I saw. Um, yeah, like, yeah. I don't have like to me like, uh, I mean, when that happened, I was like six. You know? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. So from my experience with jujitsu, was seeing Marcelo Garcia chop three huge dudes out, and they're athletic. They're like, you know, pretty athletic dudes. And then, um, 
And this was literally like a week after I attempted suicide. And then a month later, um, I discovered, I just, just through like the internet, I just kind of discovered the nearest jujitsu school. Oh, your brother was in training? Um, no, my brother wasn't. He was training like on the base. He would train like in the military. Oh, base okay, like okay. That. They would yeah. just mess around. Yeah, like yeah. there was like a club there. He would train oh, okay. there. He still kind of does that as well. Um, the only issue is that there's like no rank system, so he's yeah, still yeah, yeah, yeah. so he's still like a yeah. white belt. Like, yeah, but he's probably like a blue. He's or, pretty good. Yeah, you know, like he's not like black belt, but yeah, he's not. Like, even though he wears he's not a, white a white belt, belt. yeah, he he's a sad like, like like like. <laughs> Like, people say, yeah, I don't care about getting promoted. I just train. Like, he really doesn't care about bells. He can, mm -hmm. does, he can, if you just not give him a bell, he's fine with it. Mm -hmm. um, which is great. I think it's noble. Like, you know, he really, I mean, not that he doesn't respect belts. It's just to him that, that that's not his. Yeah, he's just there for the art. That's not his he just gauge. Wants to train. That's not yeah. his gauge on his success. Um, but uh, then I discovered just through the internet, I discovered, um, performance jujitsu in Fairlawn and that was uh, August of 2007 wow you know so I started and in um, 2010 yeah and then um I mean of course uh, I did talk to uh, a few um elders in the church you know about my uh, issues and um one great guy his name is Roy Tolliver who I owe my life to uh mm -hmm. he took me to or guided me to the uh, therapist um and she's like awesome and i uh i've not i know her since then and once in a while I visit her it's like hey how are you doing i'm doing pretty good yeah <laughs> like she's like you've been gone through a lot in the past 10 years i'm like uh, <laughs> yeah um i mean i mean i mean i'm not saying i'm uh that um uh, um i would say this depression doesn't just go away mm -hmm. you just learn how to nip it in the bud when it creeps up yeah techniques you have techniques yeah you just kind of figure out different techniques on like okay well okay i'm seeing this kind of creeping up now all right acknowledge it mm -hmm. why is that happening all right who do you talk you know it's like as opposed to like, oh no, what's happening? You know, yeah, do you yeah, learn yeah. how to sort of like talk about it and or know how to cope with it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and and you know, anxiety and like for me, it's like health anxiety, like those little legit things. But yeah. um, uh, then I think I lost my lost my train of thought. Dang so <laughs> you were talking about? Oh yeah. So with my uh in my faith so Ray Tolliver's uh introduced me to a therapist and she also like encouraged me to be more active and all that so it, it, my point is like it's okay like you, you, like to get help like it's not in any way cowardly or in any way like look for you know especially being men like you know, like I'm strong enough. I yeah, can do this you myself. Have to be like a certain type. Like no, like getting help is great. Like it's a very like it's okay to say I can't do this myself. Mm -hmm. Like I need help. Like I'm Absolutely. not. I'm not strong enough. Yeah. I need support, and it's a very and sadly a lot of guys, men. I mean, I hate to generalize men, but we're kind of raised to not deal with that side do that we're raised to kind of say man up toughen Shut up it down. do it like yeah. do it yourself like no you don't have to do it yourself you can ask for help it's okay mm -hmm. like there's not there's nothing wrong with asking for help 
Yep. So, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty incredible story. I mean, I had a, you know, similar thing. I was going through a lot of crazy stuff uh, when I started jujitsu as well. And, um, you know, I think for both of us, it's helped us a lot, right? Through life. Yeah. Through um, gaining confidence, through dealing with the dark side. I know, I mean, you see stories every now and then um, floating around where it's like, you know, uh, people committing suicide that are in, pretty like uh, prominent in the jujitsu community. It's like, mm-hmm. why would they do that? Uh, um, but I think it goes back to your point, right? Jujitsu handles one part, right? But mm-hmm. there's, the, the there's physical. The, yeah, that physical aspect where you need to get this aggression, aggression out, yeah, right? Um, but then there's also the the mental aspect where you where you really need to learn techniques to deal with these. Um, you know, it's just like the, the, the devil on the shoulder just eating away at your thoughts and telling you, you know, oh, yeah, you're not worth it or you're garbage or, you know, all these things. And, um, you know, it's so crazy that uh, I mean, I went to see a counselor and things like that, too, during that time um, and prepared me to help me to, to start to transform my mind um, because I had such a low view of myself. But, um, you know, when it first uh, had when I first dealt with it, it's like every day you deal with it, and then once you learn these techniques, it's like then you deal with it like maybe five out of the seven days a week, and then once you gain even more confidence, then it's like three out of the seven, you know. Right. And it got to a point where now, um, for me, I har- I don't I can't even remember the last time I really struggled with it. Maybe maybe it happens like once every six months or something yeah. like that. You know, it's, 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 you, it's, it's, yeah, you find a groove where yeah. you're just like, dang man, I like I have a lot to offer. <laughs> you know, like, um, you know, and you you find your worth. You know, and right. it's a good worth. Yeah, you yeah, find you worth. find your worth. Yeah. And I think once you find your worth, that the, that type of thinking um, starts to slide away. You know, mm. and I, I think. Um, you know, obviously there's different levels of depression. There's like chronic depression or, or uh, clinical depression where, you know, you're not, di- you know, you just definitely have an imbalance in your brain, yeah. you know? And um, that's something else, which I, yeah, I'm not saying I, 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 I'm not a doctor, so I can't yeah. say toughen up. That's completely different. Yeah. Uh, and I know I don't have that. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, mine was caused by an event. You know, mm. as was yours. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm sure our our you know dopamine and you know all those uh, different levels were probably really low when we went through those things, but they weren't like from our childbirth. You right. Know? So, um, you know, so when we talk about it, you know, I think we're talking about it more like circumstantial, circumstantial yeah. depression. Um, you know, which you can be diagnosed in a moment. You know, as clinical depression, um, but I think it's it's different when you're. When it's brought on by an event, you know, I think you can you can do a lot to really um, fight through it. You know, and I think you have, you know, two examples here um, for people that, you know, have basically grown up with it that I'm not I'm not too sure if you can get to this point. You know, maybe maybe possibly maybe um, I mean, personally, um, you know, diet, you know, everything's connected, I, I believe um, your diet, your exercise. Yeah. Um, and if and and even doing after you know making sure that you don't have any deficiencies in um, certain chemicals, um, vitamins. You know, vitamin D is actually surprisingly 
uh, one awesome. vitamin, yeah, but sure. a lot of, I think it's 80% awesome. of Americans are deficient in vitamin D, and that's one of the leading causes of depression, mm-hmm. when you don't have enough vitamin D. So, you know, before, like, personally, I mean, I work in, you know, uh, pharmaceuticals and things like that, and, you know, before you go down that route, like, I highly recommend blood tests, you know, making sure that you have a deficiency, because, um, I mean, that stuff's hardcore stuff, man. I'm, it, I'm- probiotics too yeah oh yeah gut health gut health is so healthy i mean healthy healthy. it's so important yes like i guess you can take because gut health is important because you can take all the vitamins you want but if you're not yeah if you're not absorbing it it doesn't matter you're just exactly just flushing it right out it doesn't do anything absolutely so you know there's a lot of things that could be a reason why you why you've been feeling the way you there's there's actually genes i just took uh, that 23andMe, yeah, and I did, um, yeah, I did, saw, yeah, I did the uh, thing with Dr. Rhonda Patrick on her website where you can send your genes, and she she does a whole breakdown of every gene that you have, that and and she pulls out the ones that could be possible um, problem areas. And I have a couple genes where um, naturally I don't absorb sunlight as well, and mm. so my because your ivory skin yeah because and so my <laughs> vitamin d levels could naturally always be low mm-hmm. so i take actually i take um this this stuff from now foods which is my favorite supplement brand um it's very simple very straight to the point but it's uh 5000 i use of vitamin d and um when i get my blood test i i'm you know way fine, you're fine you're you good. know um so i you know Omega threes are very important. So these things, you know, you you your genetics could could cause you to be depressed, right? Because you don't your 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 blood is literally causing you to not absorb things, you know. Yeah. So you're just more prone to yeah. So there's like, a lot yeah. of different things. You know? Like I'm anemic. Like, oh, interesting. I, yeah, I never guessed that. Yeah, like you gotta eat beef. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a whole other thing. I, yeah. I have a, a few vegan friends, and we get into. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like that. <laughs> I respect it. It's yeah, great. Yeah. Um It's not for me. Um Yeah, so that's that. But yeah, I think it's a great ethically awesome thing. I think yeah. veganism is ethically mm-hmm. I applaud anyone that is a vegan and I think it's awesome. Um but I don't want to get into the whole like um <laughs> health whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the for me being like I'm anemic so I actually went when I went to Florida um I forgot it sounds silly cuz I'm really on top of like my vitamin intake and my iron intake. You know, I take like liver tablets and all that. Mm. I actually don't really eat that much meat naturally. I just Yeah, I cut a lot of my meat out yeah, of my diet. But too. I do uh, take a good amount of liver tablets and iron. Mm. Um which is I noticed as a side note, I noticed a lot of when it comes to meat, if you're like, I notice a lot of the meat that we eat is like the least nutrient dense. It's like the, the you know what I mean? It's like, it's, just, yeah, it's like, it's just protein. There's no, yeah. there's no micro. But if you want like nutrient dense, like m- meat, like it's organ meat, it's mm-hmm. like liver and all that and kidney. And, yeah. Um, um, which has, which also has really high cholesterol. So, yeah, I mean, um, a, you got, you can't be just eating that. You can't be eating <laughs> liver every day. I'm not saying just start eating only liver, but mm-hmm. it's a balance at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But I remember when I went to um, um, Florida, I forgot. I just forgot all my vitamins. I was like, oh, I'll be fine. I'm there for two weeks. I'll be fine. Yeah, I won't, I won't work out. I won't do any of that. I just focus on my art. 
And then within two, three days, You're I'm like, ah. I am dizzy. I'm like, what is going on? Like, Gotta get a, like I'm getting up and I'm kind get of a burger. <laughs> and then my, my friend is uh, vegan. <laughs> so she's getting me, and I'm not against veganism. So I'm like, all right, you're just getting me food. It's awesome. Veggies are awesome. Like, you know, I'm not against it. Beans are great, you know. But I just noticed I'm just very just like, like not my equilibrium is just off. Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on? I'm thinking just the heat. Maybe I'm not hydrated enough. I'm drinking water. And then um, I text my mom. I was like, she's like, how are you? I'm like, I'm good. I just feel like, dizzy. And she's like, are you taking your vitamins? I'm like, no. She's like, remember, you're anemic. <laughs> I'm like, oh, crap. I for- completely forgot. I'm not taking any iron. <laughs> like, I'm like, no wonder I'm like, and you know what's kind of what's interesting the way i cope with it was with alcohol mm. not it didn't make me it didn't help the anemia it just helped me get forget. distracted yeah forget about it i was just sort of like this is a weird state of it being like drunk half the time on like sangria and, <laughs> and, and this goes back to just like people like hey you're feeling like crap it's very easy to find like a really easy solution like a drug Mm-hmm. or uh, alcohol or whatever um to sort of cope with it but i mean i'm generalizing i'm pretty sure people have many many issues but sometimes like me check your diet maybe you feel like crap because your diet is crap yeah you yeah, know check absolutely. that check that first like once you start introducing pharma drugs you know that changes like a lot of, yeah. <laughs> of what's going on so yeah. just be careful careful well not careful because if you need it you need it but yeah you really should take a blood test i know a lot of people prescribe it like well tell me how you feel oh you definitely need you know let me give you some you know zannies yeah. <laughs> it's like oh yeah like no take a um i i highly suggest doing blood tests i, yeah, I think it busts us my once every 10 yeah months. blood tests a full panel at least, at least once a year yeah full panel get everything checked um you know guys over 30 you know get your testosterone checked and stuff like that get some trt <laughs> but um I, so I, i'm looking forward to taking trt yeah when I'm 40. probably when i start <laughs> yeah maybe when i hit 40 i think i'm like 45 40 uh, but um i still got a couple good years in me um so uh yeah we got into a whole bunch of stuff yeah but, um, what's up? yeah it's okay yeah so now you you know now you're a black belt um you know, and and I think the the advice you you were talking about was just like showing up, right? Like just mm-hmm. like no matter what, like you just got to keep going, yeah. right? And I, and it's so funny because I think about the other guys that have been on the show that are all black belts, and they're all like, just show up. That's the key, right? Yeah, it's not. You know, there's no secret. There's no secret. Amber, early on, you would ask me like. Let's see secret. secret and I'm like, dude. Like, I, I mean, I was a blue belt at the time, probably about blue belt. I'm yeah. like. I don't, there's no secret, just train, man. Just yeah. Well, I think there's ways to get better faster than everybody there else. Are, there are. Um, there's certain particular yeah. ways of training mm-hmm. that are. Even anything. mentally, like the mental game, um, just, you know, I, I mean, I've only been training the amount of years that I've been training, but I significantly, like, jumped over a lot of people th- during my purple belt stage. And I was like, it's, be- a bit, it's a good belt. Like that's like yeah, like, yeah, where yeah. things are happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it was, you know, my mindset changed around that time. 
And I, I mean, you know, it, it was just the way I trained was differently. The way I thought about jujitsu was differently. But I was also very competitive. Like I wanted to fight. Yeah, I wanted to compete in every in you know every possible thing I could get into. Um, unfortunately, I got you know really hurt um, a couple times. So <laughs> took a little break. Um, but now you know slowly I'm getting back into it um, as an older fella, but more wise, right? They're not as explosive as I used to be, but smarter, smarter, not, har not harder, not harder. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's uh, stimulate, don't annihilate. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a yeah. bodybuilding kind of terminology. Yeah. So actually, that's what I want to get into next. Oh, okay. So, I mean, both of us are smaller fellas in the world of you know combat sports, like. And also, there's just. Uh, Statistically, we're just average, average, actually an, an average below average yeah. size, believe it or not. Yeah, and um, you know we don't have genetics like our friend Todd. Yeah, um, I wonder if people that actually see this video, they're like, "How small are these guys?" I'm five seven. <laughs> I'm five seven and yeah, 160 pounds soaking wet. I'm uh, five seven, <laughs> one sixty, like on our every day. Yeah, um, like on a heavy day, I'm one sixty. Yeah, which was so funny because you. I mean, you made you. I don't know if you were trying to make fun of me or if it was your way of motivating me. But back in the day, I was very overweight, right? Mm -hmm. And you'd be like, "You're fat." Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I was like, "Shut up, you small." Like, <laughs> and you know, because back in that time, you were like a buck twenty-five. I was like, yeah, I was like one twenty-five. Right? Yeah. And then we kind of went the opposite way. Yeah, there was a you point went down. I went. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think we met. Where no. I got to 145, yeah, and a, then you got to 155. Yeah, there's a point I was actually bigger than you at one point. Yeah. Not bigger, but just heavier. Yeah, so, yeah. Know. And um, I was competing at 145. Um, but, I mean, you know, as smaller guys, we fight against... I mean, even in your gym, you got you guys have tanks in there. There's like NFL players in there and crap. Yeah, this guy, um, this guy's named NFL J. He, <laughs> yeah, he, Jay. He actually he was uh, on what the the Giants, uh, right? Jets. Oh, the Jets. He was on yeah. the Jets. Big guy. Uh, he actually lives in California. Now. Uh, okay. Yeah, you got Tony Bode. Um, you got like uh, Tyre. They're all like huge dudes. Ryan McKenna. Yeah. Who's this? Like he's a Viking. Um, yeah. Is that he, uh, financial advisor guy uh, that hit me, that he just like met me on LinkedIn, but he ended up, yeah. it, it's like such a small world, right? It's J a big world, but yeah, a small J world. Yeah, JR. Big this guy. guy on LinkedIn reached out to me. He's like, oh, you do jujitsu? I do jujitsu too. And we just started talking. And it turns out he, he trains at performance. Yeah, he's a brown belt. He's a brown belt. <laughs> but uh, he's huge. He's a big dude. Yeah, he's not tall, but he's just a yeah, he's, he's a, a solid he's dude. Like, he's like a bear. You yeah. Know, you know? So like, you, got, and, you got a ton of. Damien O'Hara. Who's like two twenty five, yeah. two thirty, but can easily do a muscle up, uh -huh. like and that big athletic guy, great judo guy yeah. player. And so, then you've seen today, you came to my gym, and you see, I mean, I'm surrounded by giants as well, you know. Yeah, they're, they're all huge, but they're very athletic. They're, yeah, well, yeah, I wouldn't say giants. I would say athletic, be like be more like beasts, just athletic, just, just beasts. naturally, just yeah. athletic. Athletic guys. monsters like, or whatever. There, there's definitely like, the, oh yeah, you're like there. I'm like, yeah. Like when it comes to just pure <laughs> athleticism, I gotta work with where. Yeah. Like I didn't. I wasn't just wake up one morning. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, yeah. So like, I mean, we have to. I mean, we have to really strategize going against bigger guys because mm -hmm. it's like once they're on top, forget it. Like you yeah. have your friend Mario that just you're just talking about just sits on your chest and <laughs> whenever he just trying Mar to get a breath. Mario Gomez is a awesome awesome guy nice guy like just 
just he's one of those guys like i want to be him when i grow up like <laughs> i'm 32 <laughs> well like he's a great guy uh marine well ex marine well once a marine always a marine yeah so obviously um, he's no longer active duty i don't believe so no yeah. but he got his black belt in like five six years what Dang. yeah and how old is he sadly i i know he's just older than me so maybe okay. 34 dang that's crazy um and uh yeah like i think he's a former d1 wrestler just like yeah he's just got that and he's not just good he's one of those guys he's one of those talented skilled guys that that works hard so oh, yeah, like, that's the most dangerous i'm like oh i can't oh, no <laughs> that's the most dangerous combination you're talented and you work hard yeah oh i'm gonna have a hard time with you yeah. <laughs> surprise because it's hard and i'm not saying every guy that's talented doesn't work hard but like you know sometimes our guys are talented but they're like and athletic hey. they don't really put sometimes don't put in, i'm yeah. generalizing sometimes don't always put in the time well no, um, that's that's a lot of people man yeah. it's, just, it's just the way it is but then you get a guy who's talented, and he's an animal, and yeah. he he pushes, works hard. Yeah, he pushes me. Like then and you're like crap. Yeah, he he's really, like every time I go with them, I'm like, let's go for broke, dude. Let's, how, how much does he weigh? Uh maybe he's like one eighty five, one ninety. He's just solid, right? But solid one eighty. Yeah, uh, you know. But the thing, the funny thing about jujitsu, especially gi jujitsu, you don't really know how big certain guys are. Because they're wearing a gi, yeah. So you don't know how you don't know how jacked the guy is. You can feel him, you can feel the mass, but you don't really know how like muscular yeah. they are until they take off the gi. You're like, and you're like, what oh, the easy? You have like, you know, like uh, these little like uh, um, Joe Rogan says, garden hose <laughs> veins, garden hoses. It's like yeah. you know. So Just I'm like, beast. what? But um, because of, I don't know, this, this, the question, what was your question? Sorry. Well, there's but, no question. I, I just like, you know, just being surrounded in that, you know, yeah, well, environment. Yeah. It's just crazy. I mean, and, and what's crazy for me is that I need to cut weight because I need to get lower to get into the, the weight classes that I need to be in, right? To, mm. to actually do something well. Right. Um, and then I know, so what I was trying to get at was the, was the next part was like, for you, you've been trying to gain that muscle. You've been trying to gain that weight. Mm. Um, I don't know if it was one of the reasons was to hang with these guys or whatever. That's one of the reasons, okay. yeah. So, so at one point, you were a buck 25, mm -hmm. and then 25, you put 20. on... Like 30 foot. 40 pounds of muscle 30 pounds 30 pounds of muscle Not, oh, 40 would be different I'd, yeah I'd, I'd, i'd be like <laughs> 10 more um, pounds on me would be of muscle Ooh. yeah but it, it was it was all natural and it took mm. a long time like i remember you just eating yeah. and eating and pounding stuff and this is where i kind of wanted to get into your your bodybuilding uh mm. aspect because you you started that i i think from my memory like maybe two or three years ago maybe like really three well i guess like, like I, no no not, not like not like you were like kind of doing it but like you really got into it yeah. i think about two years ago two three years yeah yeah and you were like like it just became a part of your yeah, life i was i was drinking the kool-aid <laughs> not i don't mean kool-aid like i'm taking substances but like i was like you're like i want to be like i want to yeah <laughs> Like Kai Green, you're inspiring me. <laughs> Thoughts become things. Who like, is the recent guy? Um, Phil Heath. No, 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 no. The the bald dude that's oh, like ah oh, man, he's pretty famous. Ronnie Coleman. Uh, no, 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 no. He's a older guy. 
Um, Bald dude. Please. I think he just had a heart attack. I think maybe. Oh, CT Fletcher. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like he, you were sending me videos of him. Yeah, it says like. <laughs> grow or you know, <laughs> yeah grow. i command you, I command to, you grow. to grow <laughs> and i was sending you videos like look at this guy this guy's amazing yeah like, and you're like you're going crazy man like yeah. what is going on what is up with you you're obsessed with well me. you yeah your focus was just getting i was like, very big well the it, the thing is uh I, again i have these weird like goals like i just get obsessed with certain things um but i, I just realized like growing up I never really thought about my physique. I always thought about just like, I was, anytime I went, to, actually, I've never really, I, I mean, I took some breaks getting to the gym, but when I went to the gym, it was never about like hypertrophy mm -hmm. or hypertrophy. It was yeah. more about like being a machine. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just a machine. I'm just cardio, cardio, not cardio. Stopping, cardio. Not stopping, like, yeah. it endurance. Was endurance. Yeah. So when you do a lot of endurance and you're cutting weight, you don't get that big. No. You get hard. Yeah. You get, you get like yeah. jacked, like like cut, but mm -hmm. you don't get big. Yeah. Um, like you know, I was very lean, like four percent mm -hmm. body fat. Yeah. But I was like 130 pounds. <laughs> you know, I was like Yeah. You're basically doing like yeah, when cardio. I, when I was wearing a t shirt and I looked just like a normal yeah, dude. I took high off. intensity cardio. That's yeah, pretty much. I'll I'll take off I'll wear my singlet or I'll take off my shirt. I'm just like jet like cut. But um I remember and this I remember this years ago when I wrestled in high school and this is actually turning out like a church thing. A church like a church uh, retreat and I was going on a date with this girl she's like wait what do you do for fun what do you do I'm like well I love wrestling and she's like what else do you do I'm like art like, <laughs> what else do you do like that's it wrestling and art that's all I do and she's like wrestler you don't look like a wrestler and I'm like how am I supposed to look like what <laughs> You know, you're not big. You know, you know, like she just kind of just dismissed my physique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, it was just not I mean, it's like yeah, it crushes your soul. Crush, it crushes. <laughs> like, being, being, being like eight, you know, seventeen, eighteen, like yeah, that, that, that can hurt. Like, that hurts. You know, but because um, you, you you see like you know you grew up watching Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> He Man or whatever. You just you just like they just like. <laughs> themselves to get bigger by getting mad you know but you can't do that <laughs> you get mad and you get like charged up but so um when i trained jujitsu like i did wrestling i know i'm tough i know I, i'm very very strong-willed i got through this depression i felt like a badass mm -hmm. like i was like i'm i'm a badass like i am and but physically to be like, look at you're like 130, like you're not the, like. I mean, people wouldn't say that, but I felt that. I mm -hmm. felt that I wasn't physically enough. Um, so and that, that that can that conversation can easily go to about well, you know, the the culture and all that and being raised male yeah. and there's all that. Um, but I just realized, wow, like no one like why don't i just get bigger like <laughs> like why no one's telling me i can't just go to the gym and get bigger yeah how do i do that and you know i look i started looking about hypertrophic ways of like working yeah, out there's a lot of science and to it, the yeah. science behind it and like how like like so i scrapped the whole cardio thing i'm a machine like i like i got cardio that's that's not going mm -hmm. anywhere i mean in my if i don't keep if i'm if i'm not keeping my cardio up that can I can lose that. Yeah, but, yeah, but it's, it's not, yeah, it's, it's not going to just I'm not, I wasn't sort of, I kind of stopped competing. So I was like, okay, no, no one's telling me I have to be 130 pounds anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, um, if any, anything, I was very much underweight. 
uh, my doctor said you're very underweight. Like mm -hmm. you're healthy, but you're underweight. Mm -hmm. um, not bad because your heart is kind of like not really working that hard. Um, there's a whole nother thing to talk about when it comes to like weight gain, whether it be muscle or fat. But as I said, hey, I'm just going to start working out. And as you know, thank God for YouTube and the internet. I just started <laughs> researching how do I just get bigger? And, you know, it's a lot of it is just food, uh, you know, rest and like resting food and working out, you know. So and the one thing a lot of people don't realize is that you don't really build muscle in the gym. You break down muscle in the gym mm -hmm. like you break it down. You build it by eating, eating and nutrition resting. and yeah. resting. Yeah. And I never thought about that during, I wish I knew that during wrestling because I, I would eat, but I wouldn't think about eating as a like way to replenish myself. I just thought I got to eat because I got to keep my weight down. Yeah. Yeah. I got to just mm -hmm. eat the salad because I don't want to gain weight. <laughs> yeah. And I realized, you're oh killing wow. killing all your gains. <laughs> yeah. You're, just, you're completely just killing your, all, everything that you're working out for. You're just destroying it because you're not replenishing yeah. anything. So, I mean... Obviously, steroids is a thing, and I'm like not going that direction because <laughs> I mean that you gotta be pretty hardcore it, to get down. As, there. And I was yeah. thinking, well, I'm not gonna compete in in mm. in, in uh, like a g-string or whatever. <laughs> Nothing against that. I have friends and colleagues that are bodybuilders, and that's their decision. And um, it's their it's their singlet. <laughs> that, that, well, the g-string is whatever. It's like whatever, but. Um, that's that and um for those that want to take particular substances or supplements or drugs to do that it's their body you know it's their body whatever it's, yeah it's like okay i'm not gonna judge you that's what you want to do that do that you know if it takes away a few years of your life i mean okay i mean yeah, you have to deal with the consequences. It's, it's like, okay. Every decision has a consequence, good or bad. And I mean, some people have arguments about, you know, it's, you know, it's not steroids, this and that. I'm like, well, if it's not the steroids, okay. Like, all right, it's not steroids, but uh, you're definitely obese. <laughs> and and yeah, people say yeah. well, obese, this guy is muscular. He can't be obese. If you're 240 pounds, 5'8", your body still doesn't can, matter if you're yeah. muscle or fat. Your body like, doesn't know the difference. Your heart doesn't know the difference. Mm -hmm. You're still working very. Your heart's still working very hard to pump blood pump through blood, your muscles. Yeah. You're you're taxing your heart. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not saying steroids causes heart attacks, but I mean I'm not a scientist, so people mm -hmm. can disagree with me. And I'm if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Um, I'm okay being wrong, but I think this is my opinion that steroids and costs cause heart attacks but it does cause you to gain weight gain mm -hmm. muscle when you gain more mass you're... well if you do it yeah you have to do it correctly you have to you still it's not like you inject yourself with steroids and you get big yeah know? it's yeah. like it's you process. still got a heart you still there's still a ton of work to do that you know you have to work hard i think what steroids mostly um effective is just the recovery is just so crazy you yeah. like recover instantly you know? Yeah. you know there is no like oh i'm sorry like no once you do your set and then you're done and you go home you boom you can go right back and do the same exact thing and yeah. be ready to go you can you can like keep up for a day yeah and then do it again the next day and mm -hmm. then do it again the next day while us normal day. humans it's like <laughs> 
Oh, I just did my chest day. It was yesterday. I cannot. <laughs> like, you can't physically do it again. You can't. You know? The recovery is a huge thing. But, yeah. I mean, that's... Uh, I don't know why I talked about But anyway, words. yeah. You but, get bigger. And because yeah. you're bigger, you carry more weight. Because you carry more weight, your heart has to work harder. Yeah. So, yeah. I was aware that I don't want to gain too much weight. Because I don't want to... I'm not... I'm doing this... I want to stay healthy. Yeah. So, I decided, hey, I'm 30. I can get to 160. Mm-hmm. And... Like I was saying, on a heavy day, I can get to one, I'm 160, but it's more predominantly just food. You know, it's just mm-hmm. extra food in my stomach. Um, but, but you get it, there. <laughs> it, it was not this, not a bit, it's just a number yeah. on a scale at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't dictate how strong I am. If, um, but I just noticed when I started working out, people started looking at me. I was like, hey, I feel you know, confident. I, my, you know, my shirts feel tighter or whatever. <laughs> and it's great. I mean, and uh, it, uh, I, I I think um, physical appearance, even though it can be superficial to when he goes to an extreme, I think physical appearance is important. If you if you look in the mirror and you, and you like what you like what you see, you feel more confident. And it, yeah, you perform better. There's nothing wrong with that. Good it's for like your mental state. You know, have a confidence. Girl. Yeah, my girlfriend likes how I look like. <laughs> you know, it's just, she's she's happy, uh, and she yeah. works out too, which is awesome. And we we have a it's cool bonding experience working out with your girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it, it's uh, it, it's I'm trying to be sensitive because people get very defensive when it comes to that. Um, like I remember one one podcast with in Joe Rogan's podcast he he had GSP I think one the first time he was um, on the podcast and he Joe Rogan asking about his calisthenics and gymnastics and he works out and he's like so is this part of like your conditioning I'm I'm butchering the interview but he's like so why do you, you know do you do this to like how does this help your fighting he's like it doesn't <laughs> and he's like what do you mean and with his French Canadian French accent. He's like, well, he kind of said what I said. What you know, if I look better, I feel better. If I feel better, I perform better. And I do think that, you know, liking what you see in the mirror is important. You yeah. Know? Um, but and that's that's like again, I, you know, I have the beholder, right? Yeah. As long as you feel good yeah. about it, right? But there's, but a, there's also health implications. <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah. yeah. Are you doing it in, in, in a detriment of your own health? That's different. Yeah. Then, then it's not about, then that's not good. Like, mm-hmm. It's a, you know, so it's like, so the good thing about, you know, being, um, working out is that that became more health. I became more, more aware of what I was eating. Then yeah. it became almost like the matrix where, you know, where Neo <laughs> yeah, starts. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know I've been there. Neil yeah. starts seeing like the numbers going uh, down, and then everything is just like that's twenty grams of protein. <laughs> <laughs> that's my carb. That, yeah, that's my macros. Those are my you know. I like, just had like a hundred grams. That's probably like a hundred. Yeah, grams like I was looking carbs. at the bowl. I was like, yo, that's at least like eighty grams of sugar. Yeah. Um, which is could be a bad thing. It could be actually very annoying for some people. Where I'm like, look, I'm eyeing food. Like that's a, probably thirty grams of protein right there, mm-hmm. and like. That's probably like twenty grams of carbs. Right? <laughs> like, so it, again, it's about. But I, I think, as long as you're enhancing your life in a positive way with with positive addictions, like I, I think. I mean, people. Maybe I'm using the word addiction correctly, but I think finding healthy addictions is a good thing. Like, yeah. You know, people are addicted to working out. People are addicted to God. People are addicted to 
Yeah, whatever. Other things, yeah. like jujitsu. Things that help you better yourself. And it's great. And I advocate that. But um, so, like, I got to a point where I was like 160 ish, but then I started feeling like I got started getting, I got, I got above 160 at one point. I just started getting sick. I was like, yeah. I just feel sick all the time. Like, you were oh. eating a lot of crap. <laughs> yeah, I lost, I completely lost my six pack. I was like, where's my six pack? <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm getting big. Uh, and then I, I sent you a picture of me. And you're like, dude, lose weight. I'm like, no, I'm getting big. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, and just not doing like that. To me, I was just like, I'm just thinking of getting big, naturally yeah, getting yeah. big. Now I'm like, you know what? Let me calm down. Let me just focus more on health uh-huh. and performance and all that and i'm good but yeah, yeah. has it helped in jujitsu a lot bigger? yeah yeah it it uh, like i i think elio gracie is awesome i think what he helped create and or what he took from japanese jiu-jitsu and what he did was awesome um and you know he had like he suffered from vertigo i believe and mm-hmm. wasn't the most athletic guy and all that and he was able to beat he was able to do accomplish and funny thing or not funny thing but interesting thing is that his most accomplished competitions were ones he lost Mm -hmm. which is interesting uh not the ones that he technically won yeah yeah he fought kimura and it's more the fact that this little guy can yeah can can handle this gorilla (laughs) judoka guy um so i mean of course him winning would be awesome but the fact that this no, I don't want to call him fee- feeble in any way, but like he was in this sort of um, he, presence. Yeah, he he man type. But I want to mention Hickson. Like, it's not a coincidence that he's not in arguably. He is like the pinnacle. Yeah, he he is like the he is Neo. Like, he is. Like, he is Adam Warlock, like, from, like, Marvel. Like, he is, like, the dude. Like, no one... This is... Everyone, you talk to any top guy, they say Hickson. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you talk to Henzo. Hickson. Talk to Hoyer. Hickson. Like, they all say Hickson. What did Hickson have above most of those guys? He was way more physical. Like, he was a physical yeah. beast. Like, yeah. he did yoga. Like, he was super into meditation. He was super into just fitness. Like, yeah. I mean, he wasn't this, uh, he was a bodybuilder in any was way. He, was he big into surfing or swimming or something like, like that? Swimming. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. he was a very active guy. Mm-hmm. So, it's not a really, I'm not saying, like, the other graces weren't active. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not a coincidence that when you have technique in jiu-jitsu... And you add proper breathing. You add um, strength, strength, energy, yeah. and balance. It it helps. It's not gonna yeah. hurt you. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of um, people think that jujitsu is about like uh, flowing and, <laughs> and all that. And it, it's and that is a part because we because because yeah. we, we, yeah. we rolled today and it was in like we just kind of like went fifty percent. Yeah. I let you mount me. I got out. You know got on top you got out and those that's a good as well but like when i go against like big black belts you gotta put it down well i'll, I'll use jt and because we're about the same size maybe like 10 pounds higher than me mm-hmm. but around pretty much the same height this the, that guy puts it on me like he's not i mean um being i mean there i guess there is a sense of grace and flow what he's doing but he's 
imposing his will on me. It's not comfortable. It's very, lack of a better word, painful. <laughs> like, it's, to- it's like being tortured. He's <laughs> torturing me. It's terrible. So and there's, a, there's a point where I'm like, just tap me already. Like, yeah. just, just submit me. Just get, like, I'll give you my neck. I always say good jujitsu is when you're torturing the other person. Yeah, so, and again, so it's... Making them suffer. Me, like, and I lucked out as a fan, the fact that I was sergeant as a small guy, like 130, 130 mm-hmm. pounds, and I learned my technique, and then as I continued progressing on my technique, I, I started adding strength to my technique, and I started adding more aggression and assertiveness and weight. Um, so even though 155, I'll go against a guy that's 200 pounds, and it's like... Doesn't mean that fifty pound difference isn't much of a difference. Yeah. Um. So like, I'm not a, a lot of. I think a lot of some guys just think that no, like don't like all the top guys are just smashers. Like they're mm-hmm. different. Like I remember, I remember, I met Andre Gavao and <laughs> uh, JT the one seminar, and I shook his hand. I'm like. It's like crushed me. Like gorilla's hand. You know, like this guy's an athlete. Like there's a reason why he's like a twelve time world champion. Yeah. Like athleticism matters. Like it really mm-hmm. does. It's it's you know Strength, I think I, I really want people to I mean not romanticize jujitsu. Like it's grueling. It, it really is. Like, yeah. If you're not I don't want to say well if you're not putting everything in you're not doing your jujitsu, I'm not saying that, but like like there's definitely levels, uh, but the funny thing about Andre Gaval, he's a really, a really nice guy, a really um, uh, great guy. But when 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 you see when you look at him in the eyes, you you're like, oh, <laughs> you rip my head off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like, shook his hand. He looked at me. I'm like, oh, don't piss him off. <laughs> you know, like I mean, great guy, like. N- we actually had a conversation, very yeah. brief. He he probably didn't remember it, but for like us normal people, yeah, having a conversation with Marcel Garcia, having a conversation with like about so us, we remember for life. Like mm-hmm. one, but I'm pretty sure they talked to a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, I remember sitting down talking to him, and he's like, "Hey, oh, you painted that hallway? Like, yeah, that was me. I, painted, oh, I like your artwork. Like, wonder <laughs> I mean, he's not in, I don't believe he's any, in any way uh, art connoisseur, but yeah. you know, there's still an article about somehow where he thinks it's awesome. <laughs> and so I, did you know he has like a Mona Lisa? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, but then um, I asked him because I'm, I'm a teacher and I teach you know, kids classes in jiu-jitsu and I teach private lessons as well. Um, and I no longer compete, but at one point I did compete. Up until Purple Ball, I competed. And I asked him, Andre, like, what's easier, like, competing, or no, sorry, wrong question. I said, what's harder, competing or teaching? And he looked at me with a smile. He's like, like you know, the birds in the night saying, like, my friend, like, my friend, like, teaching is so much harder. I'm like, what? Like, I'm thinking, like, this guy's gonna say, say, competing is the hardest thing. Like, no, like, teaching is hard. Competing is easy. That's a fun part. Like, I can compete all day. Like. And he literally did. He like beat every single guy in that mat that day. Like it was like thirty. There was a actually there's about ten black belts that day. And wow. He beat all. Of them. <laughs> then after that, then he's like, "Hey JT, let's roll." <laughs> and they like roll for like forty five minutes. Yeah, they roll for like like twenty minutes or yeah. twenty five minutes. But it was like what? Um, so it, it was like the fact that uh, this 
top competitor with like Altus is probably one of the top not pro it's definitely the top school today. Yeah. Um, the fact that the head instructor was like, teaching is hard. I was like, huh. Like, hey, hey, can can I give me another perspective? Because I always felt like, you know, I, I you know competing is where it's at. Competing is where it's at, and competing is great. It's nothing wrong competing. Like, competing is awesome. But the fact that I got one of the top competitors telling me that teaching is teaching harder. Is hard, yeah than competing, competing is easier. I was like, oh wow, I need to put way more value in teaching. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we look so, like, we we tend to look down upon it, right? Like, it's just like, oh, he just teaches. Oh, yeah, it's you, like, you teach kids classes. Yeah, okay. yeah, but it's like, oh man, teaching kids jujitsu is, is, is one of the most, hard, like, it's, yeah. it's hard. It's hard to put into words. It's, it's hard. It's yeah. Work. It's work. I did it for a couple of years, and now I can see uh, the, the new guy that we have teaching the kids. He's just like, ah! yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, it's 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 a whole different world, you yeah. know. And then and then you teach the adults, and then everybody has you know their opinions and things like that, and you know so. It's like, how do you deal with all these people? You just, yeah. you just have to deal, you yeah. know. And I, I can understand. I can see that it can suck. <laughs> yeah, it can, it can get suck grueling. A lot. Like yeah. it's actually uh, mentally exhausting. Yeah, yeah, that's the best word. It's mentally for it. exhausting. It's not like you're mad. Yeah, you're not mad or upset. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can be mad or upset, but but the end, even even a good day, you just like man, you sit down, and you're like, yeah. But I guess, you know, there's, a, I mean, for me, it's a lot of reward, a lot of reward. I love teaching um, the jiu-jitsu, you know, on the, on the day that I teach and I have my curriculum and stuff like that. And um, it's one of the days like that hypes me up mm -hmm. during the week, but also I really enjoy when I'm there teaching mm -hmm. it, you know. Um, and then everybody's like, oh man, that was so, such a great class. You know, thank you so much. Blah, blah, blah. And yeah, I, honestly, I, I could care less about that. It's more like uh, for myself. Did I accomplish what I came here to do today? Did yeah. I get my point across clearly? Did did the students in the class actually use the techniques that I taught? You know, and then when I actually see it and they hit it, it's I'm like, like yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, it makes me so happy. It's like a, a great sense of accomplishment when you yeah. get to. It, it is hard, but when you're teaching like a seven-year-old or eight-year-old a mm -hmm. triangle and breaking down the triangle and oh my gosh it's like it's hard but when you see them do it oh it's the biggest oh it's like what this kid understands the anatomy and he knows the triangle yeah when it's that's hard for an adult to figure out but then you mm -hmm. see a child figure, like understand that like yeah, it's it's so rewarding. Yeah, there's that. I mean, I I was one of Liam, uh, Liam's coaches. Liam's a he's, he's yeah, um, I you know, I never he, met him, but yeah, no, yeah, he's uh, well, he trains at um at uh, Gary Tunnins now. Mm -hmm. Um, we, you know, he every time I taught him something that he hit, he legit like hit. He recently did a move that I taught him at a recent tournament. Um, I think like a couple weeks ago or whatever. But he used my my move, and I was like, "You, you are done." <laughs> like, yeah, it was a, it was that's a, me. Yeah, yeah, it was a no gi paper cutter. Um, yeah, that was a good. Yeah, yeah I like that. from the neon belly, yeah. and and he set it up, bang hit, and I was like, 
I was like, why are you still using like something that I showed them? Yeah, it's good. And it's um, rewarding. Yeah, it's such a it's such a good feeling, man. It's like it's it's not equal, but it's it's a different sensation than winning a tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Winning a tournament's weird, right? Like I remember when I when I when we did that one in Connecticut and I won that one and I was like I was like, all right, we did what we came to do. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> Let's yeah. get some pizza. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, even, even your Muay Thai fights. Oh, uh, yeah. I just wanted to go home. You just wanted to leave. Yeah. You don't feel, not so you don't feel accomplished, but it's just like. Like, this was supposed to happen. <laughs> like, 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 okay, I'm done. Okay, yeah. Okay. Like, you kind of feel rewarded after. Mm-hmm. It's all sudden done. You're falling asleep. Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh. But then when you see your, like somebody do something, that's like a whole like what like yeah. oh my gosh he did it in the match or whatever um yeah. it was so funny even cicero he had a smoker fight because mm-hmm. he trains with phil nurse yeah, yeah, yeah. or he did um <laughs> cicero was my roommate uh, or my ex-roommate he moved out um he bought himself a home himself uh which he's having some trouble with right now but you know um home ownership is is hard yeah. but um you know, he was, I showed him this combination. Um, Cause yeah, he, he actually has a pretty good um, uh, front inside leg kick. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, dude, just keep doing this combination and you will frustrate the crap out of your opponent. And as he was doing, as he was doing the smoker, I was like, it's a leg kick, one, two. <laughs> and he actually he kept doing it and he ended up being yeah, like, I dude, that. I remember saying that. Yo, he, I was so surprised because I was like, Yo, his opponent looks pretty good, and he's about to get thrashed. <laughs> yeah. and but he actually put it on him. And this, and this is great. where I actually like seeing, like, the, not, I don't, not, I don't say call Cicero weak and feeble. Yeah. But he's not, like, a very He's not the most athletic dude. Yeah. guy. He lost a lot of weight. I helped him lose a lot of weight. Um, but seeing the guy like that, be able to just out, like, strike. Some yeah, somebody that was guy. actually athletic and that has been training. It's like, you know. wow, yeah, nice. This is that. That's an accomplishment. But it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's an interesting thing when you see people transform. Yeah. From and I remember, I remember years ago. I know it's not about Cicero, but every years ago we were like a retreat or something. No, we went to Virginia or West Virginia. I forgot which one. Uh, and. I was like, Cicero, I'm tougher than you. <laughs> He's like, what? No, you're not. You're not tougher than me. <laughs> I'm like, Cicero, I'm not I can beat you up, Cicero. This is before I even did jiu-jitsu. This is wrestling. And I just like, kind of like out-wrestled him into the ground and just pinned him. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, I was wrestling. It's like, I win, I pinned you. And I'm like, what, Ian, when you just held me down? I'm like, I, need to, I did it again. Yeah. Like, He's kind of scrappy. He's always been scrappy. He's kind of scrappy. Yeah, I admit that to him, but... And then seeing, I mean, I never told him I was proud of him, but then years later, like 12 years later. <laughs> he's like doing voice. Seeing him fighting him. <laughs> he, he did it when fight. he was like 34. Yeah, like, he's, he's, a, he's an older he's fella. He's not a, yeah. yeah. I mean, 30s is not old, but you're not like a spring chicken. No, exactly. Yeah. Know, like, he's probably, yeah. But that might honestly been, he might have been in the best shape of his entire life yeah. at that point. But yeah. seeing as like, yeah, I was like, yeah, get off me. So, like, so, like, <laughs> now he's fighting. Just like doing the combination, like, hey. Yo, pretty good. <laughs> I don't want to fight him. I don't want to bother him now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't bully him, but it was, it was, <laughs> I don't sound like a bully. But, um, 
No, we were all like stupid friends. Like yeah. we all knew each other and messed around. Yeah. But um, yeah, so you know, I, I think there's a lot of key points in there. It's like when you want to get to that level, you need to have every aspect. Like strength, power, explosiveness, athleticism, like you got and the knowledge, the 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 just yeah, everything. It, it has to all come together. Um, you know, and and I think you have you you've are you know, a pretty interesting example because you were the small kid mm-hmm. and then you got to a, you know, relatively, you know... I filled, I filled, athletic, I filled my frame. Yeah, fi- yeah, yeah, you got to fill your frame and then it's helped you, you know. Yeah. Um, for me, I was the opposite. Yeah. And losing it was, you know, definitely an improvement for myself. Um, I'm way more athletic than I was when I was like above 90, close to 200 pounds. But... Um, yeah, we're getting close to the end. Uh, I always do this as the last question of uh, my show, which is quirks. Any specific quirks that you have outside, like anything you enjoy doing, anything that is outside of the realm of art, martial arts, um, you know, any any type of something that people wouldn't really know. Um, yeah, I know a lot of... People have talked about Dungeons and Dragons, like, you know, Magic the Gathering. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, For me, anime. <laughs> anime's cool, too. I love, I love One Punch Man. <laughs> Anti-anime anime. Yeah. Um, I guess the one thing that that's kind of odd, and I tell some of my students and, like, family, and they're just like, what? You do that? To give context, uh, being raised with three or sort of two siblings and a single mom, like you really never did anything by yourself, or mm-hmm. I never really did. I was always with my brother, my sister, all three of us, and my mom. And you know, it was always like a family thing. We went somewhere, the whole family went because one mom, you know, not no dad in the household. So if you went to the supermarket, we all went. Like if we went to church, we all went. Like mm-hmm. everything was together thing. Um, which is the norm. I was like, I wasn't like, I was annoyed by it. That's just that's just what it was. Okay, we're going to the supermarket. Who's going? I'm not staying home. Like, where I wasn't allowed to. Um, and then I, and we went to the movies. We all went. I, didn't, I couldn't even pick a movie. Like, <laughs> so my one of my weird things is that I love going to the movies by myself. Oh yeah, you do do that. <laughs> I love doing things by myself. Like yeah. I, like the best, so it sounds weird, but yeah. when you know, and also church, like for church, I mean, I, I uh, looking back, I don't regret or I don't like, I'm not like, mom, how dare you raise me in church? That's like, thank you. I think it's the best. You gave me a solid foundation. That's awesome. I'm not even mad about that. I think it's great. Mom, very, very protective and very like made sure like the influence coming in that she made sure she like curated what was coming in she you know allowed she like i'm not allowing anyone to raise my kid i'm raising my kid i'm making sure like whatever he's saying on tv i know what he's saying mm-hmm. so which is great i'm not against that but when you're in church it's always like a group thing it's it's always a group thing if you're by yourself like what are you doing by yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> That's true, yeah. Like, don't go... No, no, no. You're... Come on. Like, you're being, like, be, you know... Anti-social. Yeah, be <laughs> part of it. Uh, so, I just... As an adult now, being 
very two years old. I just adopted Jibu. I love doing. I love going to diners by myself. <laughs> I just go to diner like, okay, how many? Like just me. Like you? Like again? Like no. yeah. Like I just love doing like That's so eating funny. by myself. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's because I'm around people all the time. Or, no, I understand. Yeah, I understand. Like, yeah, yeah. like I know I know people that are like that. Like, like art, even though art is a very like the social uh, experience. It's solitude, but like to be, you know, quote unquote successful in art, you have to be social. You have to like put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. So I I kind I kind of like it because it it's kind of like I'm not regressive. Like I kind of go back to being a child. Like I don't have to say anything. Mm-hmm. I don't have a conversation with anyone. I can be in my own little world. <laughs> I can write, draw, draw whatever. Yeah, um, nobody can tell no you. No one's bothering me. Like when my mom and my sister went to Puerto Rico for um, something uh, for like a week, that was the best thing ever. I was like, <laughs> myself. Like, so then it's one of the core things because that, uh, like solitude isn't a bad thing. Um, so, I mean, it can be. I mean, it, it, can, it can be a bad thing. But like, I, I truly enjoy being in my own thoughts and being yeah. by myself. Um, but not all the time. That's not true either. Mm-hmm. The balance there. But. Yeah, I like going. I, I'll go to movies myself, and sadly, and, I, and I'm pretty sure my girlfriend will see this because I'm gonna share this video to her. But like, she would say, "Hey, we're gonna see like this movie," and she's like, you, "You haven't seen it yet," because right? <laughs> she doesn't watch things by myself. So she's I'm like, "Nah, nah, I didn't see it." She's like, "I bet this is gonna happen." I'm like, I don't think it's gonna happen. She's like, "How do you know?" I'm like, mm, just guessing. So I kind of, I kind of lie to her sometimes, like. That I already saw movies already, <laughs> and but of course I want to, sh- and I don't want to ruin it. But yeah, I'll go watch it with her as well. Yeah, and pretend kind of like pretend like oh, yeah, I did watch it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's it, interesting. Yeah, so I'm not going to attend it. But yeah, I think that's one thing that's like people just find that like, huh? <laughs> when I explain it, I was like, oh okay, no, it makes it makes sense. total sense. Okay, yeah, that's sense. that's very. Quirky, but it makes total sense. Yeah, it's like so, doing things by yourself. Put yeah. it by yourself. I've never been able to do that stuff, like, by myself. I don't know what, I just, just couldn't, I get, I have anxiety, mm-hmm. like, weirdness stuff, so I'm like, I don't want to go and, like, sit in yeah. <laughs> or go in a weirder. Like, but I do a lot of things at home. Like, sometimes I can be, like, a hermit. You know, where I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't different. want to go out today. <laughs> like, yeah, that's like oh, I just want to chill at home, you know. I am, I'm a very homebody. I mean, it just, um, if I have to go out, it's got to be for something, you know. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, well, what I mean by doing things by myself, I mean like going out. Yeah, you like to go out. Like, and, I literally yeah, go on a yeah. date with myself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you like to take, you like to enjoy the things out there on your own. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm very much the opposite. Or um, those things I like to do with people, but when I'm not away from when I'm not with people, like I don't want them in my personal space. Like, yeah, stay like, away from me when yeah, I'm, yeah. <laughs> you know, hanging out and, it, and doing my thing. In the beginning, it's kind of odd. I get not odd, but it's you know, it, it's 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 a odd experience because you'll see someone else with someone else talking yeah. by yourself. Um, not to get too like, you know, spiritual or whatever, but I think being present in your own space without some sort of like 
person to constantly acknowledge your existence. Mm. I think it's like, I don't know, I get the sense of like, not power. I don't know, I can't find the right word, but I feel like I'm enough mm-hmm. by myself. I don't need this person, that person, like, I'm okay. Like, yeah, if I didn't, if that's I, deep. If I, I mean, yeah, if I, if I want to get deeper into it, I can get in. But, like, I mean, not, not to sound, like, it's, it's going to sound terrible, but, like, you, you know, we, in a way, you all, we all kind of die by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you're, when you, a death is a very um, lonely experience. I don't know if an experience, but I'm assuming it is. Um, it, it's, and I notice, I, I mean, during a conversation, you notice that, like, I get a lot of affirmation from other people telling me, don't do this, or you can't do that, I'll show you, or, mm-hmm. you know, you're arrogant, okay, I'll show you. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a lot of affirmation, external affirmation, and I, I think it's important to to sort of um, be present in your own body, in your own mind, and, like, uh, and kind of quiet myself. Yeah. And I think, be, you know, doing something by myself, like going to diner or going to, like, Barnes & Noble, reading a book, mm-hmm. or by myself it's like and I, in, in a way it can be a very meditative experience yeah um and i mean it's not always is sometimes i'm just stuck on my phone mm-hmm. that happens but i think that it, 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 it and it's true like people come and go and and, and am i you know like I, I i love my girlfriend she's she's awesome and i'm, I'm very confident that our relationship is going to evolve and develop and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to our future together but if that happened to sort of fall apart sometime i it'll bother me but i'm confident that i'll be fine yeah yeah i'm confident because yeah. I, I can i can do all this thing by myself mm-hmm. without her i'm yeah. happy without her she adds to my yeah i think that's where you were that's probably where a good relationship is because yeah. you're not like my happiness does not um determine whether if you're here or not yeah like, you're you present in my life is does not yeah. determine my happiness mm-hmm. same with my mom my sister my brother you know like we live very different lives um so it's i i, I mean I don't want to say be self. I think emotionally self-sufficient yeah, yeah 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 i understand what you're saying you know yeah, yeah. so not like you're being a jerk and you're like, not I don't need anti- No, yeah, it's not like I don't need it, by, but no. like, hey, if you want to be a part of my life, you're an addition. That's great. Yeah, That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be a part of it, great. Um, but in no way is my happiness dependent on you being yeah. around. Like, I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. I mean? So, yeah. I mean, I'm it's not- getting to a point where you can live this life without you know, relying on yeah. another person um, for comfort, for comfort or, or whatever. Like, yeah. You know, a reassurance. A reassurance. It's just having, it's if, just you're getting to a point of that level of confidence. Yeah. In. If you have it, oh, great. Like, I'm not saying yeah, you don't yeah. have that. Mm-hmm. But um, it, I think. Yeah. And, and I think also people are built differently, too. That, like, yeah. You know, that, like, I am I, more on the spectrum of what you're saying. But I also know that some people just they you know they need they, they just need it you know yeah um, and that's where I need to be empathetic yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just gotta understand yeah like, okay all right yeah 
And um, yeah, people are built differently. Again, you're you're a highly goal driven person. You're you're thinking more about you know accomplishing certain things. Everything else is just a you know addition. Yeah. Same as myself. There's a lot of things that I want to achieve um, that doesn't involve any person outside of me, yeah. myself. You know, um, everything on, on top of that, that like is an addition. You know, yeah. the reason yeah. why I love my fiance is because I want to add her to my life. Um, yeah. But I don't need her to, to do the things that I'm already doing. Right, yeah. You know I mean? yeah. She's like, okay, be a part of my team now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I want you to be in my team. And I love yeah. you and I want to you know, spend the rest of my life with you. Um, but if you never showed up into my life, I, I'd still be doing the same yeah, thing. Yeah, I'll still be doing you know? I'll still be Yeah, working. exactly. I'll still be doing all these things. Exactly. So, you know, yeah. Right. So there's that spectrum and then there's the other spectrum where people kind of, you know, other people... Um, they they do need, need that you know they're built differently they had, everybody has a different personality type everybody has a different you know um you know reliance or whatever yeah. i mean maybe it's not a person for you and me maybe it's a thing for us you know maybe maybe for like to say if i didn't have jujitsu i probably wouldn't be <laughs> like you know what i mean like maybe if you took out a person and said hey like i i can't have jujitsu anymore i can't have this anymore then i'd be like what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Then I feel you, little... you, you demon. <laughs> yeah. you take this away from me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's just that you know, it, it's it, you know, it, it's at the end of the day, we all do need something. You know, of course. So. But I understand what you mean. Like, you, I don't think I want to put it on where every on a person because that's a lot of pressure to carry on that person. You know? Yeah. And yeah, I I don't want to talk about. I mean, this is supposed to be more. We guys, guys you can it out, but um, <laughs> it for me, I guess talking about relationships. But um, I I remember in the past when um, a person or persons in the past were like, um, believe it or not, I actually only had two girlfriends ever. Like I actually, like I was very you know, like real, yeah. So growing up, I was very much goal oriented. Mm-hmm. I was like, girl, all right, like girlfriend you're not going to help me get successful like <laughs> so that's good and bad that just both sides but i remember when i felt like a person sort of depending on me for their happiness and security mm-hmm. i'm like go away like i cannot handle that pressure like you want me to make you happy like and that's not that, and I don't want to sound like that is their deficiency. Oh, look at them wanting. It's more like I am not confident and or capable of doing that. That's a mm-hmm. lot of pressure on me. What if I ruin you? Like, what if I like, like yeah, yeah, like, yeah. what if I bring, do that to you? So I'm gonna keep my distance from you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, I mean. That when individuals or when I feel that sense that I tend to push people like okay yeah right, yeah right, 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 right. don't get too close yeah because I because <laughs> I'm I'm human and I'm imperfect and I know this and you don't know that yet but I'm you know like I'm not saying I'm a terrible person I'm gonna destroy you or anything like that but when you know that they when an individual kind of just relies on you a little bit too much for me it's like it's a, it's a lot of pressure it's pressure mm-hmm. and then i'm like i before it gets crazy serious or before you get too attached to me 
I'd rather just keep my distance. Not because I, not not actually out of hate, uh, because I actually care about you enough to be like, I don't want to ruin you. Like yeah, I don't yeah. want to like, yep, yep. do that to you. Totally understand. Yeah, but that's all. You can try. Yeah. So um, yeah, we're at the end, and uh, I just you know um, I'm probably gonna link you know all your things and such. Um, I know you know you you sell merchandise. You brought this pin in today. Um, I wore you know I wore it during the show, um, and I'll, I'll post all the links for people interested in that. Um, and you, you know you're continually growing as an artist, continually growing, um, you know, with jujitsu and everything else. Um, you know, it, it was uh, very nice to have you come over and do this. Yeah, episode. we haven't spoken a long time. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, since uh, I got engaged, I think. <laughs> and um, it's been yeah. yeah, it's been crazy busy. So, <laughs> but busy. It, it, this is a good busy. Yeah, it's not a bad busy. But yeah, man, get home safe, and uh, I you. will see you <laughs> probably at my wedding or something. <laughs> Hopefully, you invite me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you. I'll send you the invitation. Awesome. Soon, but... All right. All right. Great. <sighs> That's it. Awesome. Yeah. I think oh, the cameras died. <laughs> I hope not. What's up, everyone? Thanks so much for watching the episode. If you liked what you saw, make sure to subscribe, comment, like, and definitely share because you never know who this could help. If you'd like to buy any of the products that were discussed, the links are all available in the description below under the video. Make sure to use my links so that I can get paid. And if you'd like to further support what I'm doing, you can send me Bitcoin and Litecoin to my wallet addresses that are also in the description. Thank you all again so much for watching and your support for the project. Peace.